Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? What an exciting day today's going to be. Absolutely. One of the more exciting days of the week. Because you know what? <laughs> the one thing about 2020, we don't like aging our shows too much, but the one thing about 2020 is that it's been such a light year. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think everyone's gained a lot of weight. It's been uh, emotionally <laughs> very tumultuous. I think, I'm bro. literally going to roundhouse kick you from this chair. You are? But okay. this, uh, it's been a, ground. but that's why we thought <laughs> I'm going to, I am. I'm about to, ground kick me. I'm about to go to a hospital. I'm going to hospitalize myself. <laughs> not a good place to be right now. But because 2020 has been so light and fun and frivolous and just so like easy, yeah. we thought it, we, we'd end it. On one of the hardest stories we've ever told on the show. Technically, uh, this episode is going to come out on New Year's Day. So technically, we're starting 2021 with this episode. Don't say that yet. 2021. Don't say that yet. We don't know what's going to happen in the next 12 hours. My eyes are on the back of my fucking head about next year. All I know is... Nothing's gonna go bad in 2021. Fuck. All right, oh, man. Hey, we had a whole tour. We had all this shit. Oh, shut up. All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I am Ben with the always, I'm gonna say, sniveling Henry Zabrowski. Sniveling. Sniveling Henry Zabrowski and Marcus Parks. Oh, uh, So why is today's episode gonna be so? I don't like the, I don't like that you use the word hard. Hard. Um, but why is today's episode gonna be so hard? hard because challenging, we are on, challenging challenging there's a good word thank you author um, because we are on to ant hill kids part three we're going to continue the rock terrio terror tale of terror huh. the rock terror the rock terrier tale of terror get your fucking true crime shovels out because we're about to fucking get a lot of dirt all over our knees yuck <laughs> So when we last left Rock Terrio and the Ant Hill Kids, all of their children had been rightfully taken away due to the tireless efforts of social worker Georgia Brown. Yay. But there hadn't been enough hard evidence to charge either Rock Terrio or his wives with any sort of crime. 
I tell you what, the uh, if you watch the movie Savage Messiah with Jean-Luc Picard playing <laughs> him, his name is, I think it's just Luke Picard, but I can't say anything but Jean-Luc Picard. Of course. Yeah. Um, because I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and it's just some French guy. Uh. Um, but according to that, the worst thing that the Ant Hill kids ever did was take beans away from a child. <laughs> well, the entire movie, true. the entire movie takes place in child court, which honestly should have a child judge because I mean, you can see the wig. Um, because to have because it should be a a, a a jury of their peers, just eight right. year olds all just in the jury. That'd be kind of fun. Although I believe there's a movie called Lord of the Flies where that occurred, and believe it or not, these kids are freaking brutal. Pass yeah. the cork, fatty. Yeah. Give us the conk, fatty. That's from that movie. You it's imagine a group of eight-year-olds sentencing you They're to the God knows what. They're you got to put your head yeah. up your butt, and if you don't do it, you go to prison for life. The way they describe Rockterio in the movie, it's like he was put in jail for being too free and cool in the forest. <laughs> oh, okay. And is this being free and cool in the forest? Kind of a Peter Fonda type. Yeah, we're about to get into a lot of being free and cool in the forest. It seems like, I mean, this movie had to have been Canadian, right? Oh, yes. yeah, very Canadian. It seems like that the Canadians, they kind of seem to be split. Uh, I And I would say split like 70-30 on the side of Rock Terrio being a super cool and free guy cool. hanging out in the woods. <laughs> Wow. All right. It's the bush hair. Could be. <laughs> well, one of the most overlooked aspects of the Ant Hill kids, it's lost amidst all the violence and abuse, is that Rock Terrio, just like Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, was a committed polygamist. Unlike many of those early Mormons, however, Rock Terrio was completely open about his preference for the practice and had written extensively about his experiences in his autobiography, The Moses Affair. Ugh. Marcus, you say he's a committed polygamist, but isn't it by definition uncommitted? I don't know. Because don't you have a series? Oh, I guess you have more commitment. It's I don't more know. More commitment. You have more, more commitment. commitment. But yeah. then you're also uncommitted because you have so many different women you're having sex with. No, you're committed to all your different commitments. <laughs> we need child court to figure this out. We need I, a ch- I say the plaintiff should give me a PS4. I'm going to kill you, young Holden McNeely. I was watching a documentary on polygamists to kind of get more into their head, and it's just weird to see that because that's that question comes up quite a bit. Just being like, "Well, you're ultra conservative, isn't this super promiscuous right. to have sex with all of these women?" And he's just like, "No, no, can't you see? I married him. <laughs> oh, so it's legal. It's God legal. Yeah. Oh, all right." Well, as it turned out, one of the 5,000 copies of the Moses Affair that were printed made its way into the hands of a senior Catholic official in Quebec named Antonio Fuoco, who had had a special fascination with the practicalities of polygamy. Schedules. (laughs) I wonder what it was. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you're just a cuck? I get it. After somehow finding Rock's address at Burnt River, Antonio began a correspondence, and eventually he mentioned that he also corresponded with another polygamist named Roy Potter, whom Rock might be interested in meeting. Oh, don't do that. Now, Roy Potter was a particularly tragic character all by himself. He was a committed Mormon polygamist with three wives who took his claim that polygamy was a human right all the way to the Supreme Court. Ironically, though, by the time the case made it to the Supreme Court, where the highest court in the land refused to hear it, two of Roy Potter's three wives had already left him, rendering the entire case moot. That's sad, man. You get busted (laughs) down to just one wife? You just got three. Now you got one? That's sad. 
Well, yeah. that's why you want to have three. That's why the old farmers, they had a bunch of kids. 50% of them are going to die. So you want to have a bunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you never live alone. But even so, Roy Potter remained a polygamy enthusiast. An <laughs> aspirational polygamist, if Nothing. you will. <laughs> the saddest thing I have ever heard. Okay. <laughs> And he soon struck up a friendship with Rock Terrio after Antonio Fuoco made the connection. How do they know that? What are you talking about? They uh, bonded over their love of so much pussy. It's it's more (laughs) than just so much pussy. It's about being daddy father to a bunch of children that you grow into wives. So they Uh, look at each other more like, I would say, you ever meet people that collect model trains? Sure. Make tiny towns. And people who make tiny towns view themselves to be godlike and they see <laughs> this tiny town and they know at any point they could just smash it with their hands they could take a big huge galactic wow. dump on top of this tiny town where the, the town tiny town council people would come out and be like it's god shit it's god shit and so I think that other polygamists see other god men like thinking yeah. people who want to be daddy father gods the mm. other bunch of tiny women and they're like Hey, buddy. Hey, yeah. just do it. Just do it. And that's what Nike says. Now I'm horrified of all these elderly women with a bunch of snow globes. In their minds, they're just holding Santa Claus captive, aren't yeah, they? They're like little concentration camps. Yeah, it's horrible, the snow globe. Through Roy, Rock made friends with two men who would play a large part in amplifying the madness that ruled the last act in the Ant Hill Kids tragedy. The first new friend was a Mormon psychiatrist named Dr. Jess Grosbeck. See, even though Dr. Grosbeck wasn't a polygamist, he was obsessed with the practice, inspired by the fact that his great-grandfather had been a committed Mormon polygamist. Mm. Dr. Grosbeck was also fascinated with the concept of shamanism, the oldest form of healing, as he described it, and published 14 papers on the subject between 1974 and 1993. So, when Dr. Grosbeck heard about a burly, non-Mormon French-Canadian who practiced polygamy and also proclaimed himself a shamanistic healer, he jumped at the chance to meet the combined personification of his two pet interests. His main drive in life was to just be fascinated, essentially by the pain of other people <laughs> like us. Um, huh. But he is—he gave a speech. We, I, I think Marcus and I listened to some of the same speech, where D- Dr. Grosbeck, he examine the Lafferty brothers. So if you don't remember, we covered the Lafferty brothers in the Mormon series, I think the last episode. Part and six, they were, yeah. They were a tiny cult, right? There was like one of those LDS like offshoots that they ended up killing a bunch of people around them. And Dr. Grosbeck is both a Jungian psychoanalyst and a Mormon. And so what he does is use scripture and Jungian philosophy mm. to try to explain that the Lafferty's, he's like, the reason why the Lafferty's were completely insane was because there's no way, there's no way that God would make one of the Lafferty's the new God because they already told that to other prophets. His right. prophecies don't line up with the old prophecies. So he was using prophecy of shit that doesn't matter anymore and was totally fake in order to say, oh, but you see, this is our fake shit. Right. That's new <laughs> fake shit that's not real cool good fake shit and of like course, our old shit of course you can't trust the Lafferty brothers they're always chuckling about something you know what's <laughs> so interesting if you think about parallel universes perhaps Grossbeck is just someone who sang a song about being a winner isn't that interesting? And our Beck sang a song about being a loser. Whoa. And what? maybe there's a gross Ben out there and a gross Henry and a gross Marcus. What? Or are we the gross versions of the Ben? Is there a better Ben, a better Henry, are a better you Marcus? Broken? 
Because uh, that is making you mean Bizarro. There is a Bizarro world. That's a DC. That's what I'm saying. That's DC. Yeah. That's actually copyright That's material. Exactly. I'm not doing no, any no, more talking, copyright he's, material. He's not doing copyright. He's talking about Gross World, not Bizarro World. It's Gross yeah, World. Gross World. There's I mean, gotta be a Gross Henry. If gross I was, if I was <laughs> you know what a you don't want to mean is a Gross Moby. <laughs> when Doctor Grossbeck and Rock Terrio met face to face, Rock gave the Doctor a good old fashioned sob story about how the Quebecois government had burned down his compound and taken away his 18 kids in a concerted campaign of persecution. Rock knew exactly what buttons to push. They can, they persecuted me because I'm a Mormon. And Dr. Grossbeck, blinded to the obvious horrors of Rock Terrio by the possibility of a solid academic paper or perhaps even a book, he swallowed every single story Rock threw his way, which only encouraged Rock's worst impulses. Mm. Him having a serious conversation with this like accredited psychiatrist kind of, to him, legitimized what he was doing. Every single time he told Dr. Grossbeck about how, like, oh, I had this vision, um, we were doing, he'd be like, oh, that's fascinating. That reminds me of this book. And he would just go and he would, like, open up his book on shamanism and compare it to this old shit. And then he would, like, casually be like, yes, and that is why we have to have the group spankings. We all have to go out in the cold and I pull on the clit and I make the clit longer. And he's like, oh, that is fascinating. Let us see yeah. what is in this volume of the clit elongations of the Nigerian compounds. <laughs> and he didn't, he wasn't listening to the plot. He was only listening to the story. Yeah. The male psyche is very fragile. You look at uh, General David Petraeus. The man survived multiple battles, never broke. As soon as a woman was like, I'm going to write down everything you say, he just started telling her every single government secret he knew. He just wanted to just see the imme- boobies. Just wanted, just immediately was just like, you know, I think this woman is really smart. Just like General There's something Petraeus, about her that I like. Truly, General Petraeus needed OnlyFans. Yeah. yeah. Man. If OnlyFans would have saved this country if we had it 10 years ago. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, the person who didn't really connect with Rock, though, was polygamy enthusiast Roy Potter. Rock had been expecting a celebrity, seeing as how Roy had been on Phil Donahue and all. <laughs> like, this guy's Honestly, been on TV. Do not diss the classic Phil. Love Donahue. There was only yeah. two oh, yeah. shows to be with Sally, Jesse, and Donahue. And if you got yeah. on one of those, Ooh. that was bigger than The Tonight Show. That was mm-hmm. The Tonight Show for freaks. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. for little people that have sex with Nazis. Yes. <laughs> or the Klan has, the, has, has the, the Black Panther Party over for Christmas. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> but what Rock Terry got with Roy Potter was some loser with only one wife. <laughs> then, when Rock and Roy were hanging out one day, Rock started talking shit about other prominent polygamists, like Ogden Kraut. Ogden Kraut only had three wives. What a pussy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he said, that's a pitiful show, and considering how I got eight. And finally, Rock challenged Potter to name one living person who had as many wives as he did. And Roy said, as a matter of fact, there is one. And he's got nine. Whoa! Whoa. And the man with nine wives was Alex Joseph. Now, by the time Rock Terrio heard about Alex Joseph, the excommunicated Mormon had already founded his own polygamist colony in Utah called Big Water, which was actually more of a town than a compound. It had a population of 430. And okay. town, and there were some people in that town that he wasn't fucking. Well, interestingly, Alex Joseph had publicly left the Republican Party and became a libertarian in mm-hmm. 1986. Wasn't and free enough. Was, and no. when he was reelected mayor of his own calling town, Alex Joseph, no shit, became the first libertarian mayor in United States history. See, isn't that amazing? 
Isn't that something? <laughs> the history, so the history that happens, you know. But he created a full libertarianville. Yeah, where well, they all went out there, and you know, like kids had guns, and the cops had whips, and uh, no rules for the pool. That was a big thing. They oh, said hey, they, they took all those rules down. They, you can have diarrhea in the pool well, now. You're gonna yeah. have a dirty pool at some point there. Yeah. That's for sure. That's well, what you asked for. This free market. I guess yeah. you know. It's difficult to get somebody to vote for you, but I guess if you're having sex with all of them, I uh, guess that may have, you must have been doing a good job he at was it, I guess. The, he was the Richard Branson of shit fuck Utah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, that's how he uh, attracted a lot of people is that like, this is a libertarian town. You don't got to pay town taxes here in big water. Don't worry about that. And there was some guys that was like, yeah, I just moved there. I, I don't, I keep my goats out of his yard and he keeps his goats out of my yard. And that's all I want. That's how he wants. He's, everybody's goats got to stay in everybody's yard, but your daughter <laughs> can just be at his house. You know what I mean? <laughs> Someone's got to fix the potholes though. So, yeah, that's yeah. what you got. But Everybody was traded. And also the reason why he became mayor of Libertarianville was because he was the tallest, which is, I think, why you started as a Libertarian, Kissel, because you Abraham got, you, your heightest view of life and how you who is superior yeah. by belt loop size. No, I just see how people mingle and it gives me, gives me insight into the human way of living. Yeah, you know else you know else sees people mingle? Seagulls. And I don't want a seagull to be president. I'm shoot you. Now, Alex Joseph seemed to be one of the last of the old West outlaws. He was a former cop who skated past every charge thrown his way, from the time he was arrested for drug smuggling to the time he was arrested for stealing a helicopter. Fucking, Jeez. he should be free to do that in a libertarian America. <laughs> well, I mean, still, I, that seems a little crazy. In fact, he requested that the occupation on his death certificate be listed as pirate. Fuck yeah, dude. Honestly cool, though. Yeah, man, he's yeah. gotta go down to fucking, he's gotta go back down to Tampa. They got that pirate festival every year with Gasparilla. Hell yeah. He did really well there. Alex Joseph even made a movie about himself, starring himself and his wives. That movie was called Alex Joseph and His Wives. Keep it and- simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> Keep it libertarian. To the point. Mm-hmm. And it carried the tagline, deep in the red desert of Utah lives a man named Alex. This is his story. I I can't oh I I can't support him, but I do. <laughs> well, it's amazing he was able to make a movie. That's a very impressive feat. Yeah, and he billed it as filmed on location where it happened. No shit. You think you got a, you think you got a sound studio at Warner Brothers? On location is only cool if the location isn't in Utah. Yeah, it is fucking what's the place called like Bunkwater blip blip Big Water. Big Water. The only the, the, on biggest, location, the whole town big is just about how they have a big natural. It's a lake. They well, didn't even make the lake. That's nice, though. Well, summed up, Alex Joseph was a far more impressive and interesting character than old one wife Roy Potter. <sighs> but when Rockterio first showed up in Alex's town of Big Water, Alex Joseph didn't really have time for this new French Canadian visitor. But when one of Alex's sons showed up with bad burns as a result of an accident out at the garbage dump. Rock grabbed his ever-present black medical bag and applied ointment to the wounds, which got Rock on Alex's good side. All right, Marcus, this is a question. I guess technically this is for you, Henry. I, I like to, you know, I've been doing some sports betting. Over <laughs> under three, how many times has Marcus gotten in trouble or hurt playing at the trash dump? I Over think- under three, Marcus, obviously you have the answer. I believe that Marcus has probably been close to seriously hurt at least two times at a dump. At a dump, okay. Uh, 
two times. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, one time uh, I was shot at by an old lady because <laughs> me and my buddy were in her dump and she didn't want us in her dump. Never go and in an old lady's dump unless <laughs> you have her permission. <laughs> when did the witch not make you a raccoon again? When did you get when did you get cursed into being a human? <laughs> and the other time uh, I slipped and fell on a big piece of jagged metal and got a scar on my chin uh, that gashed my chin open and the scar is still there to this day. The dump's still with him. All <laughs> right. The dump stays with the boy. That was the only two times that like something serious happened. There were a lot of little injuries, but we don't have time to go on all those. I looked at Marcus and I saw those events. You did it, buddy. Through his pupils. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Now, Alex immediately realized Rock was out of his goddamn mind. But in Alex's words... Utah had all kinds of kooks, so he figured what the hell and invited Rock and his entourage to stay for a while. It's a menagerie of different kinds of white craziness. Yeah, it's just a whole (laughs) circus of feet smell. (laughs) Now, Rock was not what you'd call a good guest going on and on, (laughs) going on and on about how much land he owned and how much money he had. Well, then why are you staying with me? Oh, isn't that so funny? There's a hotel down the street. (laughs) Hotels are for fucks. I like to sleep in the dirt of another man's wives. Get out of here. (laughs) To demonstrate his cash holdings and to show off his grossly large penis, Rock pulled down his pants, reached into his leopard print bikini briefs, and pulled out a wallet stuffed with $3,000. Can you imagine being in a living room? you got a house guest. He smells. He's, a hu- he's got a fucking huge beard. He's, he's covered in ointment. A and he's, for he, days, he's, yeah. keeping, he's giving everybody ointment. He, you walk in the room, he's just like, eh, you want to see uh, the barrier of my bank account, my friend? Yeah. And he takes off his silk robe, which, first of all, you're like, I just wish you wear some hard clothes, dude. This Definitely. isn't a pandemic. <laughs> just fucking, I need you to wear some hard clothes. He opens up the robe. He's got the little leopard print bikini with that big fucking awful lump in the front, like that big, it's like curled into a question mark. You know what I mean? He has to tuck it under his own balls. I know the answer. And then he turns back around and then it's just this lump in the back of his ass. It looks like a shit. (laughs) Is that a dog? And then he roots it and you're like, oh God, don't pull shit out of my fucking living room. We just swept. And then he pulls out a big old fucking wallet covered in his French Canadian crack grease. You've been traveling with that three grand for a while? That's all I do. I sit on it. It helps me sit upon my sit bones. Uh Well, at dinner, Rock was even more uncouth. When Alex let it slip that he was having trouble getting one of his wives pregnant, his wife Boudica, Rock launched into an explicit description of all the different sexual positions Alex could try for successful fertilization. Tell me, Alex, have you ever tried the screaming water barrel? Not sure what that one is. <laughs> nah, well, maybe you should check it out. Tell me, have you ever tried the basement of the Chrysler building? <laughs> really? Yeah, why do I things happening like- here? This is going to end with me getting a bunch of... Uh, hey, tell me, Alex, have you ever tried a sardine pizza? Oh. I just made it. Oh. Actually, no, it's a slice. It is not about sex. It's about lunch. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm funny sometimes. This I used is, to be. I'm just so happy that you're here and not anywhere else. But when the conversation turned to the subject of bickering amongst wives, Alex took it as his moment to push his own homemade belief system. Alex, like so many other excommunicated Mormons, had founded his own fundamentalist sect called the Confederate Nations of Israel, and taking inspiration from the original Mormons, had created his own set of membership rituals. The Confederate Nation of what? 
Israel. That's a that. What is that? No, the Mormons were the original. They came from the original pack of Jewish people, like that left Jesus, and they came to America. Remember, so they, him and when saying, did they get into Leonard Skinnerd? Where's the Confederate? I'm just saying, like, what is it? Oh, uh, actually, 1977. Oh, and I think it was when okay. was there for when was that? It's slippery when wet. What was the other album that they did? Uh, pronounced Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah, I think it was pronounced Le- yeah. pronounced Leonard Skinnerd. Second that helping. Was really no, you're thinking of second helping. You're thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. second helping. Yeah, yeah. They weren't great at naming the albums. Okay. <laughs> Well, in the first phase of joining the Confederate nations of Israel, the prospective member had to be baptized in nearby Lake Powell and promised to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, who, according to Alex, had several wives and enjoyed each one immensely. If Jesus was real, he would he should join the amongst the he is amongst the rest of the gay icons of history, which is fucking <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, yep. Alexander the Great and Tom Cruise, because wow. if he if he has fucked it all, he was mm-hmm. fucking those 12 dudes in the desert that gave up everything. And then all he did was wash his dirty ass feet. Well, you got to do that. And he also washed a lot of feet. You know what? It would be so funny to see a bunch of just the idea of 12 cult leaders being forced to hang out with each other. Oh, <sighs> Mike, I'm watching the frustration as none of them believe their own, as none of them believe their, their peers' bullshit. And but just like, watch, my bullshit watch, is, oh, it would be is so the fun. best bullshit. No, that must, that would be very interesting. It's probably like being in a fucking uh, studio test with a bunch of comedians and what that's like being oh. in that room. Um, I never ooh. made it to the big boy table in the War stand-up clubs because there, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of funny stuff happening. A lot of zingers. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's funnier than a comedian sitting down talking. <laughs> That's what we do. I know. Well, after being baptized, once the person joined the community, they were told to design their own flag as a symbol of their ancestral clan, oh. like Alex's blue and white ancestral flag that featured a key, a branch, a candelabra, and a buffalo. It was cute. It was cute. Okay. Yeah. And after they got the flag, the polygamy could begin. When marrying a new wife, one must enter a formal contract. But unlike standard marriage contracts, these did not end when one or both of the signers died. These were in the Mormon style, meaning the contract lasted for all eternity. In fact, dead ancestors could, and in Alex's view, should be married to each other to make sure everything was nice and organized. All I know is if I go to a restaurant and they're like, chicken wings, do you want them Nashville or Mormon style? I'm going Nashville. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything that's Mormon Mormon style. style. Uh, Just plain? I guess so, yeah. Mm. Alex himself had actually performed Dozens of marriage ceremonies for all of his direct ancestors going back 900 years, all the way to the times of William the Conqueror. But getting your family organized was just the final step toward the ultimate goal. Once everything and everyone was in order, you were eligible to take on the highest responsibility in the program. Yay! You could be your very own ordained king anointed by a real religious authority. You have no idea how hard this has been for me to be the king of my town. It's a lot of pressure being (laughs) king of of the town. But Alex (laughs) Joseph is, it's interesting because the Mormon view, because I was listening to Grossbeck talk about his concept of blood atonement. If you remember from the Mormonism series, blood atonement was this idea that certain people have to be murdered because uh, God, the shedding of Jesus's blood isn't enough for them 
to be forgiven of their sins. That's right. God, he has that catchphrase, more blood. More blood. <laughs> more blood. Um, but he, it is interesting how the, the way they retroacted after, after Brigham Young, all the fucking horrible shit that he did, when he was really leaning on blood atonement, they had to make it legit. So eventually they said, well, the Mormon church has to align with the government in order for us to properly do blood atonement. Like, we have to have a Mormon state official kill someone in the name of blood atonement for someone who is guilty of a crime in court. Like, so they try, but since we have the separation of church and state, apparently, maybe, sort of in America, they actually, that can't happen. That's never happened. But what Alex Joseph is doing is setting this shit up where, like, not only am I a theoretical and philosophical and religious king of this little group, but I'm also mayor of the town. So mm. he is doing actually, which is the true Mormon ideal, which is the blending of the two, like Joseph Smith wanting to be president. They yeah. know they want real governmental, like tangible power. God yeah. respects a badge. God has always said that I might be God, but you sir have a badge and uh, I'll do anything you say. Yeah. I don't know how Alex Joseph uh, reconciled the idea of being a king with his libertarian beliefs. Yeah, I don't know. Every libertarian is yeah. a king of their own kingdom. <laughs> no, but I thought that you were like willful president works? of yourself. I thought that libertarians weren't even charge of themselves, that they had no boss. No, well, you are your own boss. Yeah, but also fuck all bosses. Well, you can't. So fuck me. <laughs> you tell me what to do, me? No, fuck you go. Mm, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Well, me, I'm going to work. Oh, well, fuck you. You can't fire me, me. I quit. I feel like my Politicon again. Well, you just got to rationally, you got to re put a reasonable cap on there. <laughs> and so, with all these ideas of life, death, marriage, shamanism, and kingship swirling around in his head, Rock Terrio returned to Burt River, where things were about to get a thousand times worse for the anthill kids. However, Rock Terrio did not act kingly at all times. To his neighbors, he was nothing more than a fat, drunken weirdo who lived out in the woods with a concubine of eight women. Mm. And the cult's behavior in public only solidified that image. They didn't see his crown. <laughs> in the summer of 1988, Rock, Jacques, Claude, and Solange drove to a local tavern to pick a fight with the owner. Jay Lapatina. Honestly, who's not getting in that car? Get in. We're going to go pick a fight with the owner of the bar that we got too hammered at last night. Hell yeah. Let's get drunk first. Yeah, let's do it. Apparently, Lapatina had hired three of Rock's wives to do some pickup work at the bar, but hadn't paid them yet. Really, what was happening is that Lapatina just wasn't around that day to pay them out. But Rock took this as an affront, so he loaded up his crew and set out to get the money by whatever means necessary. When Rock showed up at the bar, he blocked the exit and pulled out a buck knife, refusing to let anyone out until he got his money. When the cops were called, they were told that four, quote, Charles Manson types huh. were causing trouble and things were bound to turn violent. Now, when the cops showed up, all they did was hustle Rock back out to his truck and just said, go home, go home. But Rock, unsatisfied with this outcome, drove instead to Jay Lapatina's house to get the money he felt he was owed. Why do so many people try negotiating with this man? Why do they keep trying <laughs> to know. reasonably approach? You already called him a Charles Manson type. Charles yeah. Manson, of all the things he is, is definitely a bad negotiator. He's also <laughs> not a person him, because of he his... He got him doom buggies. He got doom buggies. <laughs> he got doom buggies. That's the, what they wanted. They were there. The yeah. doom buggies were there. But he and he, had, <laughs> he didn't source them. No. no. 
No, I mean, just look at how he was in the fucking in the studio when they said like, "Hey, Charles, like Charles, these are great demos. Like, we should go into that. We should go record an album." Like, no, this is the album. I ain't recording no demos. You can't tell me how to do a song. It's and like, then that's he, what. And then they, and then he pulled a knife on Brian Wilson, and it all fucking tell, over. Just a fucking do you tell like the sun when to rise? Do you tell it when to go to sleep? No, yeah, I do that with the sleeping mask and pills. No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> when they got there to Jay Lapatina's house, Rock, Claude, and Jock jumped out and headed for the front door. But luckily, the cops had anticipated this scenario. Two cops named Quigley and Simpkins wrestled Claude and Jock down to the ground while two others chased after Rock, who somehow made it inside Jay Lapatina's home where he wrapped his legs around a pool table and refused to let go. This is a very important, this is honestly, you guys all joke, but the table leg grab is one of the most important moves a cult leader can get. Because it's truly, because you know, what do we know about cult leaders? Most of them besides Rock Terrio are normally physically weak. And when the feds finally come to pull everybody out uh-huh. you can't go to jail if they can't get you out from underneath the table so the pool ta- so you're doing the pool table as a safe zone so you're just like I'm safe at the pool table uh, you already know my my yeah. the very distinct I have tactics I have my alligator roll well, I have my hurricane move my hurricane pump I, my hurricane punch is very difficult to get a hold of me and then the last but you're not least, a wrestling toy from the 90s if I have to truly get away that's when I get covered in butter <laughs> well, I actually I know exactly you're going to do a thing called lumping. Yeah. When you fall down to the ground and then you just fully you know you can make yourself way more. Oh yeah, yeah, you go <laughs> yeah. completely dead and then yeah. you go like, you're not getting me out of here, please. You're yeah. not getting any of your fucking pig. Absolutely. And then they're like, he's lumping, we better tase him. Well, after the cops beat Rock with their nightsticks just a bit, oh. uh, Rock relaxed. That's really all it That's took. It. That's what it takes sometimes. <laughs> we all need perspective. When they cuffed him, that's when the hypochondriac Rock started theatrically coughing and choking, yelling that his heart was giving out. Finally, the ambulance showed up, and of course, they found nothing wrong with Rock. But the paramedics couldn't really get a solid reading, because every time they tried taking Rock's blood pressure, he'd flex his bicep. I'm sorry, I thought you were trying to show up to the gun show, huh? (laughs) Is this funny? Is this a funny bit? I am, uh, I do just think we could all learn a small lesson, though, from the one good thing that they did there, because Rock says, oh, I think I'm having a heart attack, and what did they, called an ambulance. Called an ambulance, That is is the appropriate (laughs) protocol, if anyone's out there. Yeah. When Rock was finally put in a cop car, he said he'd lost all feeling in his legs and was about to have a heart attack. But when that got no reaction, he loudly said, quote, I am going to shit my pants, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> this is the, true. The dookie defense. This is not even, that was a quote. It'll work. And according to the police blotter later written, Terrio, quote, was advised against doing this, but did so anyway. So his immediate response, again, I don't think it's totally wrong. You got to squid your pants sometimes. Sure, you got to squid it out. Absolutely. If you are in a corner and these people aren't being reasonable and they're not laughing at your gun show joke because they said it's hack (laughs) and they're sitting there and they pulled you out from the pool table, sometimes... Reasonable men are driven to do unreasonable things. Absolutely. And so what you have to do is just be like, I guess we're going full fucking scorched earth. Well, I mean, you got fight, you got flight, or you got fart. And sometimes going (laughs) with fart is the thing to do. No one wants to be around someone with poopy pants. That goes from when you're six weeks old to 60 years old. Yeah. Nobody (laughs) wants to be around someone with poopy pants. 
And so the cops drove him to the hospital and carried God's emissary through the emergency room doors covered in his own shit. Hey. <laughs> but, oh, what a day. So it started off going to the bar, just trying to get some money and ended up with nothing but trouble. Comes up again. <laughs> But despite Rock's bad behavior, Dr. Jess Grossbeck, the shaman polygamy enthusiast, got in touch with Terrio and set up a visit to the compound. This was yet another confirmation to Rock that he was doing something right, because he considered Dr. Grossbeck to be an eminent scholar. Meanwhile, he's just using him as a fucking tool. He just wants the precious data yeah. from Rock's mouth. Yeah, but yeah. What, what, at what point does this Grossbeck become a straight-up accomplice? Yeah, I don't know. I like, honestly I don't know. When Grossbeck showed up at Burnt River, he found Rock on the front porch wearing an ill-fitting jacket and tie, holding his very own commune flag inspired by Alex Joseph's blue and white buffalo banner. I tell you what, what I wanted to put, honestly, I wanted to put a big dick on there, but that Hogla yeah. complained, and that's why <laughs> I beat her with a boat orb. Oh, my, he sounds like the demonic version of the boy from Up. He just wants to be a Cub Scout, but uh, he's a demon. He is a demon. I don't understand also the fascination with flags. I don't know. The flag, which was described as something a moderately bright bunch of kindergartners would design, <laughs> featured red, yellow, and blue stripes amidst a crude rendition of a bear mauling a beehive. Which is incredibly sinister. Yeah. It's, insane. It's, just a, it's just a bear going after honey, which to my mind sounds like a big bearded man having a bunch of wood sex with a bunch of women that are not exactly like, I mean, they're, they were into it. But then I think things change. This is things the subjective changed. nature of art, isn't it? Now you don't see it as a flag. You see it as, a, you see it as an allegory yes. for his sex life. <laughs> it is. And when Grossbeck saw this bizarre interpretation of everyday life on the commune, all he could say was, quote, Wonderful. What? What <laughs> is going on? No, what do you mean wonderful? Fascinating. He just, he loves <laughs> it. He's like, oh, this isn't fucking Jurassic Park. <laughs> this is nothing wonderful. See, oh. It's a child's flag and a man is having sex with a series of women who are horrible people to their children. Wait a second, Rock. Wait a second, Rock. Before you say anything, tell me. Do you cover... Do you make people eat their own shit here? Uh, we, uh, yeah, we do. Fascinating. It is not fascinating. Absolutely. It is... Wonderful. You need more con. You need different content. <laughs> well, I mean, to to Doctor Grossbeck, Rock Terrio always showed him a version of things. Like he always put his best foot forward. He always he never abused anyone in front of uh, Doctor Grossbeck, and you know told Gr- Doctor Grossbeck like, oh, the kids are taken away because we're polygamous, and you know, the government, and we're French. Yeah, we're polygamous and we're French, so the government is persecuting us for these reasons. And Doctor Grossbeck, he wants a paper. He wants the academic. He wants the, the you know he wants, he wants the all. Scoop. He, he wants the scoop. Yeah, he wants the scoop. Uh, and. And he figured that Rock Terrio is going to be the guy who gets it to him. With any luck, I will sell this paper for $1,500. You, I don't think it's it's that much money. I don't think it is either. No. Now, in order to put his best foot forward on this first visit, Rock threw a party on the second night for the good doctor and somehow convinced a local justice of the peace and his wife to join them for drinks on the commune. <laughs> this shows that at some points, because remember back in the day, in the beginning of this, especially the second leg of their isolation period, Rock was being kind of funny, right? Rock right. used to be a super charming guy. People liked him and he somehow still had friends because 
he really was a different person outside. It's because he would still go and they'd all put on a face. They, they all were miserable and underfed and physically assaulted at all times. But Rock was always quick with the joke. They were always kind of like laughing in unison. It, it's weird how that type of solidarity also kind of helps his persona. Having the wives there and them all acting like everything's legit while he's there joking around like like oh they wouldn't be laughing right. if he's he the, was torturing them uh, he's the character from billy joel's piano man perhaps always quick with a joke <laughs> so or to think, light up your smoke you think <laughs> that billy joel's character from the piano man castrated two adult men in a field you tell me how you become a pianist you tell me how you Long become fingers. <laughs> oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, the other thing that, uh, you know, isolated these women uh, from everyone else and kind of kept them uh, from really talking to anyone is that uh, only one of them spoke English. Uh, all the rest of them only spoke French. So they were isolated all the time. Yeah, every time they That is not French. That is what I, You sound like a mouse taking a piss in a pool. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Well, during this small soiree, Dr. Grossbeck went on and on about how he was going to write a book about Rockterio, the commune, and the polygamy that held it all together, speaking about his obviously subpar surroundings with blind fascination. Oh, wait a second. Oh, look, is this a slide for the children? Ah, oui, yes. It is uh, super entertaining for them. Oh, it is absolutely covered with splinters and it hurts to the touch. Fascinating. Fascinating. (laughs) Good grief. Well, over the next few days, Grossbeck heaped praise on Rock Terrio and brainstormed a scheme to place a psychiatric clinic on the property. Oh, my God. Even offering at one point to close up shop in Utah and move to Burnt River himself. Because he didn't only find it fascinating, he found it practical. He was starting to fall in love with the lifestyle. I think he wanted to be a polygamist is what I think. And then he was starting to slowly ramp up and figure out. He is obviously a respected psychiatrist, strangely enough. But it is, I think that there was a little bit, he's looking at Rock and he's just like, oh, if I just had a penis that big, I'd be the biggest psychiatrist in the world. Fascinating. (laughs) So he wants to put a psychiatric center on the commune. Does he work for like, um, I don't know, Pet cemetery real estate? Does he only sell like homes? It's like, (laughs) yes, there's a lot of graveyards underneath this house why on earth would you want to put a center for psychiatric help in the middle of this dystopian hellscape he thought rock had it made he thought he had it made he thought he had it figured out this man oh never Uh, but he's an author i know yes that's the thing he's a he's a natural observer of life so i think anybody that does that where he we does look at all of us like we're ones and zeros like we're just so he's just excited to like write the first paper about this new polygamous commune Uh as for rock he started dreaming of himself as the director of a world-famous mental institution. And he laid the VIP treatment on thick by directing his wives to give Dr. Grossbeck massages and wait on him hand and foot. Well, after the doctor left, following his four-day visit, he sent a thank-you note to Rockterio, where he expressed his desire to live in the wilderness if only he could, but he can't. Oh. I'm just a city mouse. You know what I mean? I'm a city mouse that likes things like not getting beaten by a man who thinks he's God. <laughs> well, then he ended the letter by complaining that his wallet had been stolen in Sacramento. And hey, he just man. said, see you later. Sacktown's gone through a lot of changes in the years. 
But with the stamp of approval concerning his beliefs from Dr. Grosbeck, the tepid approval of his lifestyle from Alex Joseph, and the complete removal of children from the compound, Burnt River became a hell on earth for the anthill kids. And this is when it starts getting bad. It's starting getting, it's going to, I mean, what's worse than bad? Uh, horrific. Yeah. Terrible. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, you're a regular thesaurus, this guy. <laughs> yes, he well, is. some kind of New York Times best-selling, best-selling author. <laughs> wow, amazing. Yeah, I was able to name two words. Wow. Like uh, me. I couldn't only impressive. say, I only said bad. All right, but just, <laughs> so for context, now it gets bad, but at this point, children have been taken away. We've already had a series of assaults in every sense of the word. Everything is a waking nightmare, and now things start to go downhill. I think this yeah. is some of the worst torture I've ever read. Yeah, I'd say, if I were to compare, uh, you could only compare this as far as torture goes to, like, Unit 731, mm-hmm. or, Whoa, maybe, uh, or, maybe doc- or maybe Dr. Mangala. Actually, Dr. M- Dr. Mangala would be the closest I could come to it, as far as badness goes. Can we yep. stop calling him a doctor? <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. What Mr. Just, Mangala. Mr. or just Joe? Joe? Crazy Joe Mang? Mangala! <laughs> when Rock was drunk, which was often, it only took one wrong look to make him angry, and thereafter, extraordinarily violent. And it really didn't take that many beers. About four or five was Jeez. all it took to kick off something awful. But he could also drink for days on end. And the more he drank the more violent he got. Man, after five beers, I'm just fucking, I'm like three songs deep into Seeger's best hits. That's a, that's actually a night, yeah, five beers is a good, that's a good buzz right yeah, there. That's yeah, that's nice. It's just yeah. a nice night, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, on one occasion, Rock drank a 26-ounce bottle of cognac and got angry at Claude Ouellette for reasons no one could remember. Uh, I know what it is. He uh, he called it cognac, and he's like, no, the G is silent. <laughs> like, I don't, the the G is, I don't think it is. Fuck. Yeah, that's, that could happen. As punishment, Rock wrapped a rubber band around Claude's testicles and told him to keep them wrapped for as long as Rock wanted them that way. By the next morning, Claude's scrotum had swollen to the size of an orange and had turned various shades of blue and purple. The rubber band was removed, but a month later, one of his testicles became infected and felt, in Claude's words, dead. So he just tested one of his testicles' pulse? Yeah, it just died. Yeah. How I does got a feeling I would know if one of my balls was dead. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd wake up crying. I never think about them as alive, <laughs> to be honest. No, I think yeah. of them as like, yeah, two separate little men. Really? One with devil horns on and one with an angel's halo. I hope the devil's the one that dies, not the angel. I guess, yeah. Now, Rock heard about the infected testicle, and since he'd been drinking on the day he heard he decided to operate. And in a terrifying game of hide-and-seek that would happen over and over again with his followers, Rock stalked the compound until he discovered Claude hiding in an outhouse. And it's hard to hide when your balls are completely swollen. And oh, absolutely, yeah. So Rock got in his Jeep and rammed the structure over and over again until Claude came out. And once Claude was back in the house, the operation began. Again, using a razor blade, Rock cut open Claude's scrotum and plucked out the infected <laughs> testicle with his fingers. <laughs> At least it didn't pop out like a jack-in-the-box. I don't know. 
There's a lot going on down there. I only know this from the Tom Green. I, I, remember I know that. I mentioned yeah. Tom Green way too yeah. much, but I only know this because of his testicle yeah. special. Yeah, I remember that testicle special. So you saw because yeah. they showed the nut. There's a lot happening there. Yeah, yeah. And that but this lot wasn't of sweeps. Defrons, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this straight up wasn't sweeps, man. This wasn't about mm. ratings. Oh, my no. God. Talk talk about sweetbreads here. Huh? No. Rock then cauterized the wound with a piece of red hot iron. But that wasn't enough for Rock. After the operation, Rock held a vote on whether to stone Claude for offending the Supreme Master, i.e. God. But nobody could even remember what Claude had actually done. So, when Rock's idea was voted down, he grabbed an acetylene torch and said he was going to look inside Claude's stomach. Mm. When did when did Rock become Ayatollah? He, what is uh, going on? When did they start stoning people? He's been yeah. Ayatollah. Really? Yeah. They're doing they're doing stonings? Oh yeah, to the kids too. They did they did yeah. it to the kids and why not graduate to the adults? Oh yeah. gosh. Not stoning to death, but Okay, you know, just, just enough. Yeah. yeah, just enough, yeah. It hurts. Claude managed to slip out in the ensuing argument, still covered in blood. He had just had one of his testicles removed. And he hid in the woods for days until Rock sobered up with a full open wound in his crotch. Now, it wasn't uncommon for a member of Rock's cults to run away or at the very least make themselves scarce when Rock started drinking. Sometimes if they felt Rock's wrath coming, they'd hide in the woods without food or shelter for days on end. It still is wild to me that they they actually had neighbors, though. Yeah. So, like, even while they are incredibly isolated, they still would deal with neighbors. And uh, there was stuff I was reading about, like, they would go and the, how many times they would say they'd find a cult member hiding on their land, just being like, I'm just waiting for God to not be drunk anymore. Jeez. And you're just like, oh, that's bad. How long does that take? And it's like 36 hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Others would hitchhike to one of the two women's shelters nearby, both of which had a policy to not call the cops unless the women requested it, so as to not discourage women from seeking refuge. And none of the women ever requested it. The women who ran away the most often, and subsequently got punished for it the most, was Giselle, first among the wives, and the one who had given Rock a starting point almost a decade prior in her Thetford Mines apartment. One night in 1987, Rock got drunk and decided to punish Giselle for the last time she'd left. He picked up a hunting knife and whipped it across the room, hitting Giselle's thigh and leaving a three-inch deep gash. Rock simply got another beer, told her that this was her punishment for dishonoring her husband, and went to bed. Jacques tried stopping the bleeding, but when Rock woke up a few hours later, he decided once again to operate. I can't imagine just how frightening... It must have been to be stuck in this to stuck. You're stuck in this scenario. You don't know how to get out. You keep going. It's interesting because we we've talked about the, one of the stickiest cults. Yeah, we've we've researched because they have all these little opportunities to get out and get some context. They go to the women's shelter. They sort of half describe what's happening, not fully. And they don't fully ever say they just know that like, oh, you know, Rocky, when he drinks, he gets kind of out of control. But it's not just like black eyes and punching holes in walls it's this like very very dark serial killer level torture that mm. no one really i just don't i can't imagine when it's like that that mood with that mood must have been once he started picking up his first couple of beers because yeah. you just are just watching him because then it's literally like we joke i joked about it before but the idea that God's drunk 
and God's out of control when he drinks. Right. Is right. For some reason, a scary think, sentence. I feel like we could get Tom Waits to make a soundtrack to it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He thinks <laughs> like, like I could yeah, see it. He thinks yeah, in there's that a line. It's yeah, like yeah. a lot. It's a lot going yeah. on. Oh, don't you know there ain't no devil? There's just God when he's drunk. That's the Tom Waits line. Whoa, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Rock decided to operate, he took Giselle's leg and bent it, forcing the blood to spurt out from the cut. He then asked someone to grab a file and heat it up in the fire until it glowed red. Then, with the others holding Giselle down, Rock stuck the red-hot file into the wound before pouring boiling water into the cut as well. That's not how that works. It's not a good idea. It's not how you'd be a doctor. Giselle said the pain was so excruciating she passed out twice, and when she came to, she couldn't recognize anyone holding her down. I think the only improver I trust to be a surgeon is Wayne Brady. Yeah, he's very talented, very talented. Days later, the cut became infected, as they always did. Yeah. yeah. And, after yeah. Several, and after several weeks of pain, Rock decided he could heal it using the shamanistic techniques that had so impressed Dr. Grossback. Man, he would just be watching with the binoculars, just going like, <laughs> yes, this is chapter three. Wow, yes. yeah, yes. No, at no point deciding to help. Well, he didn't know. He didn't, he didn't know. know. He I, didn't know. I know. Mm. It's just, um, you know, like you can do like a caveman steak where you grill it right there mm-hmm. and it's really fun on the coals. But this is like caveman surgery. And it's not nearly as good, and it's very dangerous. No, 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 because they thought that, like, devils made you do things, and so does Rock. Yeah. He does understand that heat cauterizes. I think it ends there, right? He's like, if you make it hot, it stops the bleeding. Like, and mm-hmm. that's where it ends, right? I guess so. I guess. Uh, that's what he's, but he doesn't realize that, you know, those cauterized wounds can also get infected. Infected. Right. Yeah. Well, for his shamanistic concoction, he mixed salt with olive oil and spent two hours Literally rubbing salt into her wound. She limped for a month, but survived. And that wasn't even close to the worst of what Rock's followers went through. Here, as it was cataloged in Savage Messiah, is a list of just some of the extraordinarily cruel and capricious punishments Rock inflicted on his followers as they were later reported to the police. This is over, you know, period of about 10 years or so where this shit would happen regularly this is basically the list of ingredients for this cult yes Mm, yeah his menu his torture menu Mm. with nicole rock took his acetylene torch to her stomach on the day she gave birth to her first child then a few months later kicked her in the stomach when she was three months pregnant causing her to abort. This was also around the time he shot her in the shoulder with a three oh three rifle. He was always shooting guns at people. That was mm. like one of his favorite things, that he would get drunk and then they would literally run around the forest like it was the duck hunt Jeez. and he would shoot at them. Josie was also treated to the acetylene torch. Rock passed the flame over her back and shoulders, roasting the flesh until it bubbled. Jacques had his ribs smashed in with a wooden club, and Giselle had her ribs broken by Rock's steel toes. Concerning Giselle, Rock also took a pair of vice grips and squeezed her nipples until they bled. I don't like it. Then did the same thing to Gabrielle. As far as Gabrielle went, Rock put her hand in a vice in the sawmill and tightened it, 
while she screamed and plunged a syringe full of an unknown solution into her back, then snapped the needle off in her flesh. Again, if you're into all this shit, you just gotta get consent. Everybody's just gotta be on board. She also got a torch to the breasts, and Rox singed off all her pubic hair as well for good measure. Her fingers were fractured, she was repeatedly beaten, and Rock ordered Jacques to cut one of her pinky fingers off with a pair of wire cutters. You know, they got all these hunting knives around. Why don't they ever hunt? Because he's why doesn't oh. Rock ever actually just <laughs> go, vegetarians? Just go. They're vegetarians. Get, but honestly, oh wow, they're vegetarians. Yeah. They're staunch, they are staunch that, vegetarians. Oh, I'm they're so sorry. I'm they, so sorry for even bringing that up. The idea of eating meat. <laughs> I didn't want to offend the tribe. I also forgot that Roy Potter. One of the biggest reasons why he disliked Roy Potter was because he smokes. Alex Joseph was a smoker. Oh yeah, they didn't, they didn't like his smoke. He doesn't like that. No, no, but no, all, no he's all very, of this is, he's very anti smoking. No. But when it came to sustained torture over the decades spent in the wilderness, no one got it worse than Claude Ouellette. Well, because he was the one married to Maurice. Yes. He was the one that, because Jacques was like his enforcer. Yeah. Claude was sort of like the, kind of like a lapdog style because he brought his wife into it, even though she was constantly the butt of total, like of torture and derision and humili- mm. humiliation. And he, it was weird because he kept coming back. There was something about the way Rock kind of outwardly sprayed his own outwardly splayed his own kind of psychological makeup where he had Jacques being his heavy that resent like kind of like represented when his master was bad and made him do bad things but then Claude was like a you always have to keep one weak person in the cult for definite so that they become the butt and to become like somebody that you can focus things on and yeah. as you're moving attention around the room you can always bring it back to Claude to like now we'll fuck with Claude tonight right right Among many other punishments, Rock took Claude's foot in his hand and bent each toe backward until it snapped, sliced open Claude's left arm from shoulder to hand with a piece of broken glass, and yanked 11 teeth out of his mouth with pliers. He poured boiling water (sighs) on his shoulders and back, seared his ass by making him sit naked on a hot stove, ordered one of the women to break Claude's legs with a sledgehammer, then ordered all the wives to pluck his pubic hairs out one by one, and forced him to literally eat shit. I mean, don't tell me what I want to do Mitch, to Mitch McConnell, but I <laughs> will say that this is very, uh, it's bad. Ooh, edgy. Yeah. Thank you. Edgy. Yeah. Edgy. Yeah. Yeah. edgy. That, wow. no, that's that's topical. That's I'm a regular take. Bill Maher. Wow, he <laughs> went there. He went there. Yeah, he, he went, went there. there. I went, went there, there and I'm not coming back. This guy is living a life worse than James Caan <laughs> in Misery, another movie I bring up all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what a freaking nightmare yeah yeah poor now this, and this is happening all around you and that that is what i just gave was a very short list uh of all of the things that he did those were only like anyone, the weirdest ones that wasn't was, just like the regular shit where it's just you know he oh, just every day flat, is a nightmare just every yeah. day is a nightmare yeah every yeah. day is every day is horrible these are just like the bad days of the worst days yeah and then um, some days they would have because Saturdays they head off. Oh, no torture <laughs> on Saturdays. Saturday was the off day. Oh, my, I didn't even realize That's that. Thank true. God. TJIS. Is that oh. weird that that is true, that everything stopped on Saturdays? That was like the day that Rock was like super chill because it was a Sabbath. And they so they all would take the day off. But this is, yeah, it would just kind of escalate. It would because it's over the days because he'd go into drinking binges. So right. by the time Honestly, it was like day three, that was when he was at his most dangerous. Another thing I constantly bring up, the New York Times crossword starts easy on Monday by Sunday, it's freaking impossible. <laughs> you brought this up this series. I know. <laughs> and in the end, 
Every single one of Rock's followers were so brainwashed, so far beyond reason, that they thanked him for it every time. They blamed themselves, reasoning that Rock's God had to be furious with them. Because otherwise, why would Rock do any of this? Because every time he sobered up, he would talk about how... How awful he felt about all of it. He would talk about how he didn't want to do it. Why would right. he, he would scream at God? God, why do you make me do these things? Which is well, scarier than anything else. Like the idea that he felt like he was a puppet too, which is absolutely insane. Um, there was a quote actually from one of the members that is just so French that I just wanted to read about why they stayed. Who is crazier, me or Rock? We both were. He claimed to be the only representative of God, and I believed I was a child of the Lord, obedient before his representative. We both ate from the same plate. That, if ignorance, and illumination. Well, I That's classy. I guess that's classy. <laughs> it, seems, it seems strange, though, because you get the feeling like he breaks all of his uh, cult members' uh, toes, and then they're just like, I'm so sorry for having toes. Yeah, that's yeah. how they, that's what they make you feel. I did the toe thing. I yeah. have the toes. I yeah, of course you can break them. Well, Rock called this punishment the law of reciprocity. In his view, his followers had sinned and had to be punished. And when he beat, stabbed, shot, or just straight up tortured them, he was only doing so in order to rid their bodies of Satan. In their belief system, those who did not suffer greatly in life would never be allowed to enter the kingdom of heaven. So in the minds of his followers, this punishment was not only deserved, it was essential for everlasting life. Rock, I do not want to, I'm not coming against you or anything, but you know you shoot at me and you stab me and stuff. Yeah, to you, you mean the way I teach you lessons. Yeah, that yeah. was on the curriculum for the day. Um, you're a horrible shot, buddy, because you haven't gotten Satan yet, and you've shot me like eight times. I'll tell you what, um, my friend. I um, we are. That's because I had one eye closed. You had one eye closed. Can you just like get him next time so you can stop shooting the Satan out of me, please? I just wish Satan wasn't so small. Yeah, he's tiny. Yeah. And sadly, the love letters and apology letters from the earlier days evolved into adoring testimonials of the necessity of Rock's cruelty. This is a prime example in a letter written to Rock from Solange Boyard. Good day, Moses, my master. I would have liked to have talked to you yesterday evening, but I think it is preferable to write these things rather than saying them for fear of talking too much. I'm going to talk to you about the last fit of anger that your master exercised during you, but from someone much higher. For my part, I really believe that you were possessed by a very powerful spirit. That is what they saw in what you did. The throwing of the knife, the rifle shot, the harm done to Mammy. My eyes saw things that went beyond them. My body is very afraid of all of these things. I understand it very well because of the law of death in which it exists. But within myself, I am well. I am very well and very happy to belong to a real master who himself belongs to the only real master of life. Love, Salange. Well, it was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, so it's because you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I it mean, was I can say, like, if you're, if you're a rock, you're just constantly hammered and you're just like, you got to... You got to get on with it, I guess. This is what, and this is a a quote from Rock of what he said to her uh, about the punishments. It is for her own good. I beat her because I love her. Nothing like taking a stick to the back. I wrenched a stray sheep from the devil's clutches and I brought her back to the flock. All right. But the writing of that letter would unfortunately be one of the last things Solange Boyard would ever do because Rock's penchant for amateur surgery was about to once again turn deadly. 
See, by 1988, Solange, despite the tone of her letter, had decided once and for all that she was going to leave the commune for good. But in the meantime, she let it slip that she wasn't feeling well because of some sort of stomach ailment. And Rock started talking about the possibility of an operation. Then, one day, as it happened again and again, a small incident snowballed into a cavalcade of pure madness. On that day... Rock was drinking and decided to try out the king routine. Decided he wanted to be king for a day. He oh, did, king well, for a day. It would build little by little. Because you remember when he talked about how everyone had to go uh, look at his jewelry and talk mm. about how nice his jewelry was, even though it's all like literally costume This bullshit. is one of those days. Yes. Okay. He put on his special ring and Chantel and Nicole, ever the most loyal of his followers, dressed him in silk sheets and put a crown on his head with all the reverence befitting a king. God, this is just fucking, yeah, it's like that Metallica video, dude. This is so <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Now, on that day, Rock had directed Claude to overwork Solange, building a road, despite the fact that her stomach ailment had been feeling worse than ever. And as night fell, Rock had Solange brought to the bakery. Now, by that point, Rock was very drunk and had a wild look in his eye, the same look he got when the violence was about to go over the top. First, he choked Solange and Maurice until they turned blue, simultaneously stuffing clothes in their mouth and asking them if they knew that their breath belonged to him. He then told a couple of the women to go get his jewelry, including Giselle. But Giselle couldn't take this level of violence that night. She knew where this was heading. She escaped through the back of the bakery and left for Quebec with nothing more than the clothes on her back. She started to run. But for Solange... The torture was just beginning. Once one of the women returned with Rock's costume jewelry, he asked Solange how much she thought it was all worth. But when she didn't give a satisfactory answer, he grabbed her by the shoulders and asked her if she was ready, because this was the night that Rock was going to treat her. So the table in the bakery was cleared off and Solange got undressed willingly. She lay on the table and waited for Rock to operate on what he thought was the source of all her stomach problems. Her liver. Ugh. Oh, no, but that's that's wrong. This, yeah, that's I think wrong. a lot of it's wrong. <laughs> Worst doctor. Is he? Uh Never. I was just thinking like Dahmer is a scientist or he is a doctor. Who's well, worse? Dahmer was a lonely heart trying to create a boyfriend. Dennis Nilsson was a lonely heart trying to create a boyfriend. Yeah. Lonely got heart, Har- huh? Yeah, lonely heart. Harold Shipman, one of the most boring uh, mass oh, murderers God, who ever lived. Sure. Um, he was a doctor, and he but he did it with hot shots, so that was fucking that's uh-huh. easy and dumb. And Oh, God. I mean, the worst doctor of all was Mr. Mengele. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. He's, he's coming up there. Well, before the operation, Rock gave Solange an enema. He ordered Gabriel, the nurse, to make one with molasses, water, and olive oil. And with Solange naked on the kitchen table face down, Rock roughly jammed his fingers in and out of her rectum. He then took the enema tube and did the same thing, causing excrement to spill out all over the table. He did it for 30 minutes. Then he ordered her to roll over for the operation all on a surface covered in Solange's own feces. First, he pressed hard on her stomach with his hands and punched her in the same place over and over again. When she tried protecting herself, he told her to take her hands away, and she did so willingly and without complaint. In fact, during the entire operation, all throughout everything, Solange never once screamed or struggled, never said a word, 
and suffered through the entire thing, believing that this was the punishment that would one day get her into heaven. Meanwhile, she didn't know was watching every piece of content on Quibi. But <laughs> yeah. it's passed. That's how you get into heaven? Yeah. Watching yeah. Quibi? None yeah. of us are going. No. Isn't that interesting? No one's going. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy you got your Quibi dig in, you malicious, out-of-work actor, you violent Hollywood egomaniac. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. 
Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at Babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. When it came time for the surgery itself, Rock made an incision in Solange's side five inches below the rib cage. He then jammed his fingers inside, grabbed hold of her intestine, and tore out a four-inch long piece with his bare hands and put it on the counter. And then he said, that's it. That's it? You're going to yeah. be all right. And I don't someone... feel all right. No, it feels like, <laughs> it feels feels like how I would fix a car. Yeah. yeah. I, just, like, I just go in and I feel like I'd grab what I thought was a carburetor and just kind of put my hands on it and then close the hood and be like, it'll do her. Uh, the problem here is we're going to want to make those wheels square. Oh, yeah. we want yeah. it to not go. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, someone, probably Gabrielle, sewed up the incision, probably using twine. That's what they <sighs> usually used on to sew up incisions. <sighs> Wait, well, how did they? But is she now? So now she's just internally bleeding. Yes. I would assume. Well, right? Yeah. I mean, Rock well, immediately. I mean, she's still conscious. Rock immediately made her get up and walk around. Like walk, walk it off. Walk, walk it, it off. Walk You'll it be off. fine. But next, she lived. She lived. she lived that night. Yep. The next okay. agonizing morning, Rock ordered her to take two baths. One warm bath with herbs, and then one freezing cold bath for what he just said he need, she needed to do it. Okay. The cold water sent Solange into shock, and she was led to bed where blood began pouring from her mouth. Oh. She died soon after from acute peritonitis caused by digestive chemicals leaking into her abdominal cavity. Because part of her fucking intestine was missing. There was shit leaking just out leaking into, into her, her stomach. Nothing, yeah. and I'm, I'm just sorry to even say the sentence, but nothing cute about that is there. Um, this is <laughs> this is very bad. Yeah, very it's bad. Fucking for awful. Her. Yeah, it's man, god it's awful. So awful. she just okay. So now, he, all right. He, well, let's he just continue because there's he, like a lot he, more people. Oh, so there's a lot more. Oh, there's so much more. This yeah. is even the worst. We, we, we haven't even got to the worst yet. Great, good, good. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, you happy? <laughs> happy about that. Uh, I will say this one, uh, there's another interesting fucking quote that talks about the silence of the commune. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'd like to point out that during this entire communal existence, our voyage took place in total silence. Conversation among the members was non-existent. Dang. Basically, what they said was that this was all done with like eyes, and the only person who really talked ever was Rock. Because what they learned, too, was that speaking up is what got attention put on you. Yeah. And so eventually, right. everybody became super quiet, especially stuff like this, because Solange, she didn't make a fucking noise no. throughout this whole oh thing. And God. then on her deathbed, she was like, she said, apparently, I didn't know someone could suffer so much. Like, she oh said this thing. God. But she thought at the same time, I am... Going to, I'm going straight to heaven. I hope it yeah. worked out for her. I mean, I guess we don't really. I really do hope it worked out. For yes. Her. Yeah. Now, Rock, of course, put on the drama queen act after Solange's excruciating death, making it all about him. He was never the same. They said. Well, and also let's just let's just clarify. It's the drama king. Yeah. Because you think about the queen. <laughs> um, yeah. They are less dramatic in many ways than the king. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. If you were watching The Crown, uh, Queen yeah. Elizabeth, and she's she's got, got herself together. She's, yeah, exactly. She's, she's quite cold. I don't watch I don't documentaries about people or biographies about people who are still alive. What's the point? Wait until I don't. You, what do you, mean, you don't know point? how it ends. She's basically you know how it ends. She's like ninety-five years old. She's not doing anything new. Wait until she has an act of domestic terrorism under her belt, and then go, wait until she's I'm the next domestic terrorist. I want her to get her shot. Okay. <laughs> well, first, Rock asked Jock to shoot him, but when Rock wouldn't, Rock tried killing himself by running a tube from the cult's van from the exhaust into the cab. But that didn't work either. Then, Rock tried swallowing two bottles of Tylenol, making sure to point out to everyone, these are extra strengths, they're gonna kill me. But he didn't even lose consciousness. And after that, his followers tied his hands and feet with strips of blanket and put him into a bathtub full of water to try and drown him. Try to drown me! <laughs> try to drown me, see if you can! Um, uh, Rock, I just want to say, honestly, with your head sticking out of water and you yelling at us, it's very... <laughs> I can draw. I dare you to see if I can drown outside of the water. If, if I was going to die, couldn't I not drown standing here with yeah. you? But as Rock later wrote in a pathetic letter to a post-mortem Solange, a white light appeared before him, a strange force entered his arms, and the bindings were torn away. He came out of the water and yelled... God doesn't want me to die. It's almost like the people that you've been feeding bugs for 10 years aren't strong enough to tie a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be part of the plan. Yeah. And that's how Rock absolved himself of the death of his favorite wife. Oh my, look at that. Just that easy. No problem. <laughs> one no and done. Problem. One, two, and done. That's set it and forget it. But this tragedy had given Rock a few ideas. And for Rock, his favorite spitball buddy was Dr. Jess Grossbeck. Uh-oh. Fascinating. <laughs> I honestly hate you, doctor. Absolutely. I don't know. Dude, the, wait a second. So you put it in her mouth and her butthole. It's really not fascinating. Oh, it's that just reminds abuse. me of it's the butthole even... practices of the Pekingese warriors really? of 1548. Fascinating. It is not that fascinating. It's sad. Tell me, it's tell the... me. Rock, how big was her butthole? <laughs> You want me? It's big. Fascinating. <laughs> it's not fascinating. Now, after Rock convinced Giselle to return to the group, despite Solange's murder, Rock traveled down to Salt Lake City for a short stay with the doctor. Rock told him that Solange had died of a pulmonary embolism, and it even made Gabriel write a two-page letter confirming the prognosis. In fact, Rock had probably convinced himself at this point, that she died of a pulmonary embolism, that it wasn't his fault. As Rock mm. told it, he was out surveying the beauty of his domain when Solange, or Rachel as he called her, came up to him, called him Moses, and told him that he was her god. She then began to choke. Blood rushed from her nose and mouth as her eyes rolled up into her sockets, and she died there in his arms. He wasn't lying about the blood coming out of her nose yeah, and her but mouth I think and her eyes rolling up in the sockets. But it, it shows how, how much a story, while sometimes exaggerated, can be based on fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess that did happen. Huh. Well, But, I mean, telling him that, you know, Rock made himself this tragic figure. His exactly. Favorite, he, he had said that she, you know, he had finally come to love her as a wife. You know, he'd finally, she had finally been let into her heart. So, you know, Dr. Grossbeck, while saying fascinating, is also very uh, sympathetic to mm. Rock Terry out. Yeah, because he's very he's upset because he said in, in her death, he found out that Solange was his favorite wife. Oh. Yes. Rock then started describing the dreams he'd been having since her death, which Dr. Grossbeck 
again found fascinating. In the dream, Rock had been summoned before a tribunal and had been found guilty, quote, of being a human being. Oh my God, what is he, Robert Downey Jr. from his drug days? <laughs> I'm not happy with this. <laughs> I'm just guilty of being a human being, man. Yeah, yeah. you're guilty of being a great actor too, buddy. <laughs> hey, thank you. Hey, hey. Uh, well, uh, I'll go to lifetime of jail of being a good actor. Uh, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you indeed. During sentencing, Rock lamented that he'd never see Solange again, but still knew she was inside him. And the dream tribunal judge said, quote, I once had a wife inside me, too. And it's all right. I know what it feels like. Oh, my God. That's so much better than what the judge could have said, which is like, don't pee on my shoe and tell me it's raining. Am I Judge Judy? <laughs> That'd actually be incredible. She does do that. She says that. I remember that. Don't She's pee honest. on my rain and tell me yeah. it's raining. Don't, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. She built an empire on telling it like it is. Yeah, she yeah. does. <laughs> Then, in the dream, Rock walked behind a tree and masturbated. Cool. And when he ejaculated, the sperm took the shape of Solange's head. Then her whole body emerged, and they had sex. Okay. And then the dream ended, and Rock woke up happy. I always do when I have sex with my cum wife in my dreams. <laughs> yeah, of, there's nothing more fun than dreaming about masturbating. Because <laughs> you can dream most... about anything. You could theoretically have a person with you, but then who yeah. wants that? But then your yeah. cum turns into a woman. No. So then they're all, they're just come. I had a dream that me and Carolina went on tour with Glenn Danzig, but he wouldn't let us ride in his truck. What a dick. Honestly, Danzig did not do that. That's one of the what things a he, dick. he did. I'm mad at him. That's I'm mad at him for Marcus's No, but Marcus's dream did that. Marcus we didn't mind did that. We understood. We understood. We, we got it. We, we didn't Danzig? expect him to ride. We didn't expect to ride in his truck, but we also didn't expect him to, to pointedly tell us that we couldn't ride in his truck. Also, I mean, I have Danzig a pickup truck, so I think that Marcus thinks I'm Danzig. Straight up Danzig. <laughs> Is rude, number one. Well, and two, you guys should, I mean, he's a person, so I feel like you should ask for more from your dreams, dog mate. <laughs> well, Danzig's a pretty cool guy to appear. <laughs> now, I'm not really sure what Dr. Grossbeck was thinking here, but he was more than intrigued by this whole thing and even gave a name to Rock's fantasy. He called it reverse birth, where a woman births a child from heaven, but a man births a woman back to the Heavenly Father. As a matter of fact, guys, I'm sorry. I had a burrito before the show. I got to go have a reverse birth right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just real fast. I had some Chipotle. Unless that, if that burrito was made of uh, like one of your ex-girlfriends and, and she became alive again after being birthed from you, then that would be a reverse birth. Otherwise, that, that'd be super dope. And that's our next live show right there. Yeah, I was <laughs> trying to make a poop joke. but No, we're taking things seriously today. Okay. I'm trying to explain reverse birthing, sir. <laughs> yeah. And we're I'm up what you're throwing down, my friend. Was because this is so Jungian. Yeah. He's a Jungian psychoanalyst. So he came in with this dream. So this reverse birth thing is very young. Jungian and it's very like symbolic but he's also a Mormon so there's this also kind of actually hyper literal way he's taking it because then he uses his Mormon thing and this concept of when you marry a woman you basically help her get closer to God because women can only get super close to God if they have a man's help oh, yeah, especially when the Mormon's big stinky dude just to lift to, you up. Yeah, get you Gotta there get yeah. you up hoist you up and so but the problem is is that when he said this um, he said this all very floofy and fascinating all oh, this is fascinating, but Rock took this seriously. I feel like Rock took a lot of stuff way too seriously. Very seriously. Yes. Well, this is from the doctor's own notes. See, Rock. <laughs> it's amazing. Rock. <laughs> 
has I don't want to punch I- you so freaking. No, I'm a doctor. Okay. Rock has this idea that Giselle will enter through his belly, just like Solange, and be implanted in it, and even all the other six wives. That's why Rock, in many ways, feels <laughs> that he cannot die until they all have died, because he has got to go through the process with them and birthing them to get them into heaven. This is a remarkable cycle and opens up many implications. Fascinating. David Icke is more of a political historian than you are, Doc. It is just, I am just, my feet are getting bigger. I don't even. I, I, my hat's. Don't fit anymore. Right. I'm so fascinated. Have you ever, Doctor, just did you ever ask, like, what happened to Solange at all? Or did you ever follow up or anything? Be like, well, that's so kind of weird. This healthy woman just died. It seems like a lot of people are dying on your commune. Have you ever followed up or you just. Who? <laughs> so the, the reverse birth, the jizz. The reverse birth is one of the most fascinating <laughs> okay, concepts I've ever heard of. <sighs> <laughs> All Dr. Grosbeck really did was fuel Rock's delusions. He gave him permission to think of himself outside of the bounds of law and reality. He named him a shaman. He named his delusions, and he validated every goofy thought that came through Rock's head. He gave him the tools because he said, oh, no, I recognize this. And so now he's just like, a doctor told me that all of this is fucking great. Right. <laughs> and actually, I would, he went as far as to say it was fascinating. It was <laughs> really rock. That's amazing. Well, the doctor was talking about, of course, he was talking about reverse birth metaphorically. He was talking about it metaphorically. He was talking about it spiritually. Yeah. Rock took it literally. He told Giselle that Dr. Grossbeck had told him that he was probably pregnant with Salon. Eating me. I have a baby in me. I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You are. Remember that movie Junior? I think it was called Junior. Really oh, fun. I thought that was in Total Recall. <laughs> I've seen Junior. It's my favorite film because I just think about Danny DeVito putting, putting a baby inside. No, Danny DeVito's in Junior. This is Henry speaking. And Danny DeVito has that whole thing where he fucks him and puts a baby in him. That's not true. But it should be. What do you know? Yeah, he's on He's on the, the cover. He's on the poster. He's the Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's the OBGYN in that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the OBGYN. Yeah, Emma Thompson. You imagine being a woman. You're pregnant. You're exhausted. You open up the door and Danny DeVito is your OBGYN. I would be thrilled. I don't think so. You're not supposed to be able to go inside of the woman, your entire body. <laughs> That's how you make sure the baby's safe. I guess so. There's plenty of little OBGYNs that I'm sure do a wonderful job. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying not Danny DeVito. I think the tinier the better because you don't want big ham hands going no. in there. No. You, well, we would know. Well, I'm sorry, Marcus and Henry. I, God, I, I, expert Zabrowski. On women and pregnancy? Um, yes, of course. Now, from Dr. Grossbeck's place in Salt Lake City, Rock swung back by Big Water for a visit to Alex Joseph so America's first libertarian mayor could perform a ceremony that would seal Rock's murder victim to Rock for all eternity. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. But that's where they, this, it's interesting because he wants, the other wives were also, they were kind of like, he thought that if he got everybody legit married, he could like get everybody back into the pocket, right? Yeah. Because he, people are starting to get freaked out because he like okay. murdered this woman with a bunch of amateur surgery so, in front of them. So people are in the cult are starting to be like, this is getting wiggy. Yeah. They're getting oh, jittery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. People are definitely getting jittery. Well, on the fourth day of Rock's stay with Alex, in which Rock was just freely handing out Ant Hill Kids brand maple syrup to mm-hmm. anybody who wanted it, 
He was married to the woman he'd killed just a month before, draped in the bear fighting a beehive flag that he'd made out on Burnt River. Oh my God. Then he got married three more times, renewing his vows to Giselle, marrying Gabriel in absentia, and sealing himself forever to Gabriel Nadeau, the multiple sclerosis patient who died in a tent at their first commune. Then Alex made Rock a king. In a 30-minute-long ceremony, Alex appointed Rock to the office of elder apostle and king over his lawful realm. He handed over a certificate of ordination and appointment on behalf of the king of Israel, and Giselle placed a crown on Rock's head as Rock sat on a throne. I wonder wonder what the neighbors are doing. (laughs) I I want to say, go check on your neighbors, make sure no one's becoming a king real quick. (laughs) A crown is cool, but the coronation is difficult. Right, you have to understand, like, you're just a person. You're just a person. Uh, But this story, according to Alex... He kind of did this to get Rock out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, that was his thing, is that he was like, oh, I'll go through this. But I feel like, in his way, Alex liked being someone else's, like, confessor and mentor a little bit. And there sure. was a, he got a little, he got off. I fed on, the ego. Yeah, like making well, other kings. Cult, yeah, the cult leader would go to him for advice. I mean, that's a pretty big, yep. that's a pretty big deal. Well, it also, uh, I, I think, uh, it seemed like Alex Joseph uh, very much enjoyed feeling superior to other people. No way. America's <laughs> first libertarian mayor? There's well, no way he's got a good. sense of inferiority <laughs> building inside of him. Well, you are, you are, when you are your own king, you're also in charge of treating people very well and treating people with respect because that'll actually make your life better. Each one of Alex Joseph's wives had a job. They they worked in the town. They One of his wife was a lawyer. Oh. One of them was the... Uh, uh, the construction, like uh, like literally a contractor. One was so, so his whole thing is that he wanted them. He's doing Sounds it. Like he actually had strong women around him. He though. truly yeah. was doing it the old old fashioned way, where he was marrying women that were also a workforce. So they were working all in the town. He was working because he's a contractor and mayor. So he was working on the town, and they all had their little jobs. And that was his. That was they didn't. Have, they had real careers. Okay. but mm-hmm. it was very strange. It, it, it's it's way that worked out. Oh, it was very and, interesting. And he died peacefully at sixty two. Well, that's yeah. great. And if anyone is a polygamist out there, again, as Henry sort of alluded to, but yeah, I mean, that's as far as a lifestyle goes. Be uh, I'm if sure you can have a fine lifestyle the problem is yeah. the, you, when safe. you marry them when they're 14 that's when it's bad that's the problem that's when it's bad yeah, yeah. and, and the youtube comments on the the video about alex joseph had many people saying like i remember this guy hitting on me when i was 12 yeah uh. oh, no no that's the problem is that it starts with pedophilia right I mean, it's yeah. always that's that all the of the problem. half the yeah. wives were married before they were 15 years old well yeah. i didn't see that in the episode of sister wives so I didn't see that. <laughs> no they cut that part out that guy seems exhausted but <laughs> But just before Rock and Giselle left Big Water, Rock talked with Alex about the fact that the government was more than likely going to come and take away the first child born on the commune since the kids were taken away because Francine was eight months pregnant. It's not like Rock stopped fucking and making children after the kids were taken away. But it seems like a lot of the, to be honest, the drinking kind of took over. So he wasn't really fucking like he used to be. He was mostly drinking and ranting but he had two new pregnancies on the commune yeah. that were that happened Ugh. after the kids were all taken but this is alex Three. kind of yeah and alex kind of sniffing like mm-hmm. this thing was just being like you might want to leave that kid with us yeah because alex, yeah. yeah he offered his own place as refuge he said if francine was brought down to big water to give birth then they would take care of the child and the government wouldn't get a hold of rock's baby because Alex, you know, Alex Joseph had his problems, but as far as cult leaders go, he was one of the better ones. 
I, I guess. mean, it's just weird when you're like, yeah, she can come and give birth here. But then Rock is also like, oh, great. Do you mind if I do a reverse birth right now? And then he just takes his pants down and starts jerking off until oh, he comes yeah, everywhere. And then he's yeah. like, look at the reverse birth. No, no. It's just weird how it's kind of funny in a way that Alex Joseph looks good in this story. <laughs> but they're all complicit in their own strange way. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Well, Rock thought this was a great idea and he made arrangements. And this is, and it does work out well for him because Rock didn't like children. He didn't like having children around <gasps> at all. So he's like, "Oh, you'll what? take it. Cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah." This guy but, wasn't like he didn't have like a Mister Rogers side. No, to he, it. Thought, he <laughs> thought kids. Would you believe it? He thought kids were a bummer. Really? Yeah. Wow. But as he was leaving, he gave Alex a disturbing non sequitur. Right in the middle of a conversation, Rock looked right at Alex and said, "Quote." You know, the ultimate religious experience is for a man to eat one of his male offsprings. What? Anyways, let's come over what? here. I got the good <laughs> Hebrew national what? hot dogs. No, because it's all beef. I love very little failure. Very cool. I actually like those. You can get those for free at Rudy's Great Bar in New York. I was there a few times. What? Eat was the that? male offspring? Eat the male offspring. <laughs> and with that, Alex decided that maybe it was a good idea if they should probably just keep the kid after it was born. Hmm. Now, by the time Rock returned to Burnt River, he had a head full of nonsense from both Dr. Grossbeck, who told him he was a shaman whose ideas were so fascinating they were worthy of a book and alex joseph who effectively crowned him as a king in rock's mind these two men were reputable authorities so on his first day back he entered the compound began drinking and announced quote i'm pregnant and rachel is going to grow out of me hey all right look at that <laughs> and that's why from now on all rocky's drinking for two he's drinking for two and it's just so bizarre because he was actually michael myers motivation for fat bastard Get in my belly. Get in. And that's what I said to Solange. Said, Get in my belly. And she has a problem with it, so I put her in my belly. That's scary, Rock. Everything you do, it start, we started off having fun, but then you made it scary again. It's kind yeah. of my thing. It is your thing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, many of his followers thought that maybe he was speaking metaphorically. But as the night wore on, <laughs> it became obvious that Rock had taken Dr. Grossbeck's academic musings as literal fact. Later, <laughs> later that night at dinner, he mentioned that he'd better start watching what he ate because Dr. Grossbeck told me that I'm going to have a baby. I'm having a baby. <laughs> He's having soon. a baby. Okay. Well, look at me. I am looking at you right now. Where's my baby? This is also, again, an audio medium. No one oh, else can see this but me. My breasts are There's not milk, milk in your breasts. No. Then what's all this white? That's your. What's all this? That's white? your reverse birth. You have all over your chest oh, every morning. Baby, oh, it's kicking. Feel it. That's your. That's, feel my. Feel it. Feel the kicking. That's your pork chili you ate a week ago. I'm not touching your. Touch my. Oh, I touched hurt. it. All right, it was disgusting. No, it's actually not that bad. You're doing good. It's kind of. It's kind of hard. It's kind of like a rock. Yeah, yeah I got guts in there. I got yeah, organs. You got guts in there. Sure. Then things, as they always did, took a dark turn. After having a suitable amount of drink for the violence to begin. Rock began blaming Giselle for Solange's death because Giselle had snuck out the back and left for Quebec the night of the operation. Yeah, she came back. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, she came back before that. She went with big water to yep. Rock. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah, Giselle is dead, but you need to come back. And she said, okay. Uh. Like the, the, the pull that he has on these people it's you know it's a combination of you know it's you know people always ask you know why did why do people return to abusive relationships again and again and again like I don't necessarily know the psychology myself I just know it's very hard to get out of an abusive relationship and these people have an abusive relationship combined with 
God combined yes, with right. their religious conviction. So it's, it, there's just, there's for them in their minds, there is no way out. It's like either I go back to him or I burn in hell for all eternity. So, so I can go through a little bit of punishment now, or I can have an eternity of hell later. I feel like we're also missing a really big, crucial question in here, which is uh, how bad is Quebec? <laughs> if everybody <laughs> is really beautiful. in Quebec, it is literally one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So Just it's a, it's a province. Montreal is a beautiful city. Uh, Maybe Quebec isn't <laughs> as good as this commune. Who I, don't, knows? I don't think so. Don't you also, and you remember to what we've talked about time and time again with Colts. Once you've already been subjected to a certain amount of punishment and have come back again and again and again, it's normalized and you think about how much you've already given up. So by the time you try to pull out, you've already had all of these humiliating and damaging things done. You've watched them happen in front of you. You've let them happen to other people. You let them happen to your kids. Mm. So at this point, it's I feel like there's almost a self-harm aspect to it where they're, they also, because of the punishments that they believe that are given to them by God, they believe that they deserve these punishments and they're kind of stuck in this thing. Yeah. And they also are uh, worried for each other. They've grown yeah. very, I mean, they've all been living together for, you know, 10 years by this point. Right. And these communes completely isolated from the outside world, unable to talk to anybody but each other. And so they're worried, you know, if I don't go back, he's going to hurt them even worse. Uh, so they, they go back to protect their friends. Mm. Well, that night, Rock ordered Maurice to scalp Giselle. But Maurice said she couldn't do it. Rock then ordered Nicole to take the job. And without hesitation, Nicole just said, sure. Because there were some of these women who never ran away. And never yes. and never ran away and never, ever did anything contrary to Rock's wishes. Yeah, they were in lockstep. Solange was one of them and Nicole is another one of them. Nicole hacked off all of Giselle's hair with a butcher knife. And once Giselle was bald enough and bleeding from all the accidental cuts... Rock took the blade and sliced open the vein on the top of her head. And then he passed out for the night. Oh, what an exhausting day for him. It was a big day. (laughs) Oh, gosh. A few days later, Rock ordered Claude, for reasons known only to Rock, to exhume Solange's body. Rock said that when they removed the lid from the coffin, Solange's face looked as if it was frozen in the act of screaming. God. It was not a peaceful corpse. God, I don't want to think about it. Fucking Christ. That's horrible. Oh, it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Once, this was one of those. Yay. When I remember when I first read that, when they said when they pulled the corpse up and their face was into screaming, locked in screaming, I was just being like, huh, well... Better watch some Riverdale or something. I need, I need, I need yeah, some kind of yeah, get some kind of palate cleanser. After I'll this. change your face around if it looks like you died too sad. Yeah, Henry. push my lips. In. Push me into a smile. Yeah. Push me into a smile. What's scarier? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, died with like like yeah. Yeah, that's what I guess. What that's what you get for using Brand X. <laughs> Ooh, Joker. Well, once the body was back in the house, Rock ordered Gabriel to douse the body in vinegar, open her stomach, and remove the uterus and kidneys. Once the organs were out, they were placed in a jar and Solange's body was reburied. For four days following, Rock took out his anger on his followers, beating them, throwing knives, firing the rifle in their general direction. He told them that everything was their fault and that God was asking for all of their deaths as punishment for the death of his favorite wife. From the followers' recollections, they were just numb. 
They were just shuffling through the entire experience like robots, just taking orders in a haze and showing no emotion. Like he'd shoot a fucking gun at them and they just sort of duck and just keep moving. So it seems honestly, it seems like he just he completed. He he got them. It's over. Like they're they're gone. They are. They are gone. Psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. They said they were uh, vegetables was another word they used to describe themselves. Yes. Then on the fourth day, you are you are what you eat. <laughs> oh, gosh, we're having fun. At least we're having fun. It's always important to have fun. Remember yeah, we always, said that before always. the show. Yeah. Remember the three of us. We yeah. said this. We're like, this is going to be a dark episode, so we better have fun. Have fun. We're going to have yeah. fun well, with because it. things That's have right. changed. I think as a, as a as a human race, I think we have done better. I think we're doing better than this now. Huh? Shut <laughs> up! You shut up! <laughs> then on the fourth day. Rock ordered Giselle to dig up Solange again. Now, by this time, decomposition had set in pretty hard. But Rock declared that for some reason, the corpse needed a lobotomy. So Jacques drilled a hole into the corpse's skull and opened it further with a knife. Then Rock masturbated into Solange's brain in front of everyone. And the corpse was reburied. Why do I do though? Weirdly enough, because you had the dream about Danzig. Why do I feel like, like this is a Glenn Danzig idea? <laughs> why I do think I it's feel like? Because he kind of named. I mean, in songs like Bullet, like he kind of name checks these sorts of like he talks about brains and semen a lot. And it's, yeah, do you think he talks about semen a lot? He's I feel like he do this. He's got a micro. <laughs> I think he do this. Well, I don't yeah. think he has the hands small enough to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> then two days later. Rock had them dig up the corpse again. Rock, I'm just saying this season eight of us digging up Solange is just getting a little bit old. You trying to tell me it's jumping the shark? Please, just do something like the Fonz. That's a great idea, like the Fonz. Yeah, since the Fonz was here, I'd cut a hole open in his fucking skull and I'd jerk off into it. Well, that is that's a weird episode. By this point, Giselle had reached her limit. Finally, he she convinced Rock to cremate the body to prevent further mutilation yeah. by framing it as Solange's last wishes. Like she wanted to be cremated. Why don't we? Why don't we do that? Why don't Wait, we do she what didn't she want wants? To be, she yeah. didn't want to be corpse fucked. She didn't like write that into her will. <laughs> oh God! She didn't want to be fucking bukkakeed from the grave. This is oh ugh. All right. But before the body was burned, Rock ordered Gabriel to remove one of the ribs. He wrapped the rib in leather attached a chain to each end and wore it as a necklace everywhere he went from that day forward. It's a weird week here at Fashion Week. As you'll see, Rock, what's your new line? It's called Solange. Solange, oh, very cool, like Beyonce's sister. Oh my God, Beyonce is a sister? Solange, what Solange are you wearing? Oh, it's this, it's a chunk of a woman. <laughs> this is... Uh, too, uh, too hot for the runway, huh? <laughs> it's pretty hot. As far as everyone else went, after the cremation, they were ordered to sift through the ashes, and each member took a chunk of bone from Solange's cremated corpse. But that wasn't the end of it. Well, in a perverted way, if it, everything was peaceful and wonderful, I can understand having a part of the person. You know, I. Uh, anyway, no. yeah, this man, is, everything it's, is perverted. Yeah. I understand. Okay, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Finally. Rock put the rest of the remains in a jar of olive oil along with a picture of him and Solange. And on an almost daily basis, he took the jar out into his oddly sanctuary and masturbated into it. 
convinced that this would one day bring Solange back to life. Oh, my Rachel, you're going to have a sister. I make her in my little baby cauldron. Yeah, this is... I'm actually happy I can mention this. I wanted to mention Integrity Farms. I've been watching a lot of South Park. Uh, apparently, Randy, this actually kind of works because yeah. he came all over the I pandemic remember. special. Yeah, yeah, I remember I that episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, my God. You've got to see it. Henry. It's, it's the best. Um, yeah, You'll yeah, love yeah, it. But to get back to what we were talking about, I know we try to distance ourselves emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, it's no. disgusting. And try to move no. on. Yeah. But there's just something about... You should bring us right back to it, though. It's just something yeah. about... <laughs> This detail that is just so like, <sighs> you know, wacky. Yeah, yeah wacky. <laughs> sure, it, it, yeah. This is, well, well, this is the detail that I, I sat and thought about for a bit, uh, trying to decide, you know, where does this idea come from? Is this a performative thing? Is this a narcissistic thing? Is this like, is this a true mental illness, like true delusion? How far has he gone? How does he get to this point? How does he get to the point where he, this is his, his favorite wife. He said this over and over again. This is his favorite wife. This is someone that he loves, at least as far as someone like him can love someone. And he's killed her. And he's desecrated her corpse and he's burned the corpse. And so he thinks the right thing to do that he that he believes his own bullshit so hard, I guess, that he puts the remains into a jar with a picture of himself with his wife and masturbates onto it on yeah. an almost daily basis in a stone shrine that is supposed to be where God's best friend talks to God. I mean, in quarantine, that, a lot of people are doing weird self-care. Yes, well, <laughs> mostly people are baking sourdough bread. Uh, yeah, the, this is a... Uh, I Which don't know. Does take olive oil. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Interesting. That would don't be a comment though. Yeah, yeah, go over to your house and you're like, it's sourdough. That would be a very sourdough. No. Yes. Um, but this uh, this concept in my mind, I I think of all of the him and Marshall Applewhite, him and old old. But he would have punched Applewhite in the oh, face. Oh, he would have ripped fucking yeah. Herf's head off. But <laughs> they are up. They are true believers. I think of all of the cult leaders, he is closest to being one of the most pure, true believers mixed with a, I mean, a malignant narcissism, just like unbridled, unchecked, because it's everything about is about him. But he also, this is all serial killer tendencies. Not like just it's about unchecked, ownership but- of the body. Like, it's the ultimate in... Uh, in personal, like, he is God of this dead body. Of all of the other live humans he has, he has now this kind of, his wife, now now it, it actually is like property. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's turning Ugh. it into goods. But I don't think he's a true believer, because he can know, be... Yeah. Because he can, as as we'll see, he flips out. He drops character all yeah, the time. As we'll, as we'll see again and again, like he drops character. He at the moment he's challenged, he it fucking it snaps out. It ends, mm. uh, and he's able to just pop in and out of this. Like so I, it's, fu- I mean, he's a fucking he's a serial killer. Yeah, he's yeah. a, serial a fucking killer. monster. He's an Indeed. uncontrolled monster. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as being a serial killer goes, you might as well ask, you know, was Ted Bundy fucking mentally ill when he returned to the corpses, put makeup on them, and had sex with them? I yeah. don't know. I mean, it's I don't the... know. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what. What's mental illness and what's a hobby? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm i just happy that his sprained ankle was better yeah. with him because yeah. he was, Ted Bundy was, he was always sprained ankles. Yeah, he's always cast. Must have the volleyball. Right. Yeah. Must have yeah. the volleyball. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. 
Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Now, soon after the desecration of Solange, Rock returned to Big Water and Alex Joseph with Giselle, Chantel, Nicole, Maurice, and Francine. Also, Francine could deliver her baby away from child services. Somehow, Rock had gotten even weirder since the last visit. The death of Solange had changed him. And he kept talking about, quote, compressed spirits in broken English while touching what was, unbeknownst to the people at Big Water, his murder victim's rib hanging around his neck. Just what a simple what's that? To be honest, I could end up wearing a rib around my neck, but you know it's going to be a pork rib. Oh, that's fun. Rock even tried his doctor routine on Alex, urgently telling him that he needed to give him heart surgery that very second. No. And if he didn't operate... <laughs> the answer is no. And if he didn't operate immediately, Alex might not last the night. Yeah, but the first libertarian mayor knew that the only person he wants working for him is someone that he's paid entirely for himself. There is no rule against great proper surgery within the libertarian community. <laughs> When Alex politely declined, Rock changed tack and said that he could provide him a different kind, a very special treatment, a very exclusive and very expensive massage therapy, only known to the best doctors in Europe. But Rock would do it for free. It's called the Robin Dog Freedom. Mm. (laughs) Freedom. 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 Robin Freedom. My semen's free. (laughs) Well, this, according to an interview that Alex later gave, is how it went. All right, I'll tell you how it went. So he comes, and uh, he does his body massage, right? Uh And it involved putting pressure on my chest and arms and legs. And this guy is really good. I mean, good. I would have hired him to give me weekly massages. I I coughed up some Uh. brown residue. I thought it was shit for my butt. (laughs) That's how far he worked it up. I coughed up this brown residue. This is actual. That is from the quote. But when he was done, he leaned over and he says, now, isn't that worth an extra five bucks? How about a little tip? Which Ooh. is true. He literally got done massaging him, and he was like, it's "Okay, now that it's done, have a little tip there." Like, how like, he about literally... a little tip, like a Spider Man on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood, just hey, demanding I'll, money. I hugged your kids. Now give me money. Okay. <laughs> what was strange though is that where before, you know, Alex had been trying to get his wife Boudica pregnant for fifteen years. Wasn't working. Mm. But after Rock applied his magical massage, conception was achieved just days later. 
Oh, interesting. You see, the key is, is that the semen is normally at the back of the balls. Right. Which is why what I like to do is I like to squeeze the semen, not unlike a toothpaste. Oh. And then I squeeze the semen up towards the top of the shaft because that's where all the, because, you know, the fun kids hang out at the back of the classroom. Of course, we always <laughs> tell the jokes. Yeah. yeah, they're the one. And, the, and a lot of times, the class clown, he is the wisest of all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. So I was voted after, class clown. So was I. Yeah. Routed, yeah, routed? Me, me too. I also really? was. Really? Yeah, yeah. You were voted class clown? Yeah, and wittiest. I was voted, oh, oh I was the loudest wittiest. and the rowdiest. Yeah. yeah. Alcoholic. No, I was, no, I was <laughs> fun. I was the class clown, the loudest and the the loudest and the rowdiest, and I missed class rebel by one vote. It went to uh, my friend Tyler. The, the drummer. Yeah. We know the story, but he was quiet, and that's why you were always yeah. bitter about him. Yeah. yeah. And this tells you something. I, I got both class clown and teacher's pet. I knew just how much to uh, toe the line. Anybody yeah, who hey, Mr. Win- Parks, you want to get the teacher's pet award this year, don't you? <laughs> yeah, why don't you come into my office and we'll make sure to... Uh, I'll do just about anything to be teacher's pet yeah, of the you year, will, Mr. <laughs> Sanderson. Yes, they, that's great. They just called me teacher's pet because I knew some of the answers sometimes. You were valedictorian. Yeah, I was. I knew all he the answers He literally all the time, just yeah. didn't say the South won the Civil War. <laughs> And then they were like, you're the smartest, although you're also a bastard. <laughs> there were a couple of smart kids in there with me. Of course. A couple. Of course. Yeah. So soon after the massage, Francine gave birth, and Rock ran around the compound covered in Francine's blood, <laughs> ranting like a lunatic about the miracle of childbirth as he held the newborn above his head. Alex uh, Joseph literally was awoken by a blood-covered Rock coming, going, See? See? <laughs> But then he said, he's like, I don't understand how a man who's had fucking 23 kids can be so excited about childbirth. He's done it 23 times. <laughs> That's, That's literally what he said. I mean, he's going okay. he's getting all loopy about having a kid. He's done it fucking uh, two dozen <laughs> times. Each time is an exciting experience, I would assume. No, it's, it, no good. Alex Joseph was like straight up. Those kids were workforce. They just went yeah. right into the fucking, they, went, they were at the, the quarry. As was his freedom to do. You don't need child labor laws. Those kids are free to choose to work. The only child labor laws that should exist are laws that make children work. (laughs) Isolate that. (laughs) Well, after the child was born, Rock started saying some concerning shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see it starts to get concerning now. While talking to one of Alex's wives, Rock admitted that one of his wives had recently died. Just kind of let it slip. He gave a minute-by-minute account on how they buried the body, then a point-by-point review of everything they'd done to the body. Rock then told a version of the story that was somehow worse, saying that after they'd removed the rib, he sewed it to his own chest. But when the stitch became infected, he removed the bone and made the necklace that he was wearing at that very moment. This big stinky dig out Hagrid who shows up at your house randomly. You're just a you're one of the fucking sister wives, and you have a job. You have a lot of shit going on. You're running right. the town. You got a lot of stuff going on. You're busy. You got four kids. You got oh, probably got another one side of you. We're just bacon. And then Rock thinks he's telling you a fascinating and hilarious story where he's legitimately being like, "And would you believe when we dug her up? It looked like she was screaming. That's what they said yeah. to me. I was like, oh, it kind of looked like honestly, it looked like she was singing. And he's singing, just controlled screaming and." 
He's doing all maybe of like these a, bits. Maybe like a stained song or something <laughs> like that. He just breaks down. He says how he's been like, and then, you know, she needed to have a lobotomy. And then I was just like, oh, this brain actually could use a dollop of something I like to call God's cream. Uh, <laughs> and they t- and uh, they're all just sitting there like acting like they're supposed. He's acting as if they're all supposed to be impressed. Yeah. Be- no. Because when he told this shit to Dr. Grossbeck. Oh, my. That's why this reaction, guy is horrible. His whole reaction is just him going wow <laughs> amazing and just Jeez. writing it all down like it's a fuck like he's jimmy fallon telling him old funny stories from snl back in the day oh funny indeed <laughs> well rock assured him well rock assured alex's wife these are magical rituals they're designed to generate spiritual power there's nothing to worry about here this is ah. all super cool stuff dr grossbeck told me it was super cool he loved it I will never go against Grossbeck. (laughs) Ever, ever, ever. It was about this time that Alex started nudging Rock and his wives out the door. Why don't you you get out of here? (laughs) I love love a good old-fashioned like silence and why don't you get out of here? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like he finally realized that Rock was, uh, in Alex's words, wackier than a wooden watch. Yeah, he is pretty wacky. A wooden watch is actually quite not wacky. Well, now it is. Nowadays, because now wood is back. It's like in vogue. It's fun. Yeah. Hmm. Wackier than a wooden watch. But then he... Wow, he that's, a, that's an indictment on a wooden watch, isn't he it? Said that he <laughs> was a wooden wacky. watch, I'd say, what the hell are you doing equating me to rock? He heard a story where he said that he removed his dead wife's rib from her rotting wackier corpse and sewed it into his own just It is watch. wackier. Because honestly, that is a lot wackier than a wooden watch. Yeah, I would say. But, yeah. Before, but before rock left Big Water, he started drinking. And Alex finally saw the darker side of Rock Terrio. See, one of Alex's wives had a toothache, and Rock volunteered to pull it. Uh-oh. But when he gave her a mixture of different types of liquor for anesthesia, he just put vodka and whiskey and tequila all in one big fucking jar. This is what I he- like to call a Quebecois iced tea. Oh, really? <laughs> well, he gave her too much, just as he'd done with the baby he killed. And she got sick. She just got sick. She didn't die. Okay. But while she was recovering, Rock, who had been taking a couple of tipples of the liquor uh, while he was giving her the liquor, he went to Alex's office, where Alex watched Rock hold court with his five wives, getting steadily drunker and drunker. Soon enough, Rock decided to challenge Alex to a test of their manhood. Oh, no. When Alex refused, Rock pulled out his dick and waggled ah, it around. Bragging I figured about, it was going there. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, He's yeah, very yeah. predictable. Yeah, very predictable. Started bragging about his magic wand. That's what he called his, uh, his mm. dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Rock decided to show Alex how big of a man he was by showing off all the scars he'd given to his wives. He made Giselle, who was still bald and wounded from the scalping, he made her take off the scarf that was covering her head. Then he barked in order to show off the scars on her stomach and legs while he's laughing, laughing like it's the funniest thing in the world and laughing like you want to see how you treat your wife. This is how you treat your wife. And when she called him cruel, he punched her in the face. And that's when Alex stepped in. Alex wouldn't take in this shit. No. Alex, who was a particularly large ex-Marine, picked Rock up by the groin and threw him into a chair in the corner of his office. He then pushed a button, and within moments, two security guards had guns trained on Rock Terrio's head. Woo! Truly challenged for the first time in years, Rock immediately backed down and began whimpering. His eyes bugged out of his head, and he said he would do anything Alex wanted in that moment. Just don't hurt him. 
Oh my God! What he's a bitch. Oh, I hate he's a him. bitch. This is why he's not. A, he, he's not a true believer. This is, he's uh, not a true believer yes. at all. Uh, he is a bully and a coward. Alex kept watch over Rock until he sobered up, and told him to go back to Canada and never come back. Rock complied and left behind Francine's baby, who from then on was raised by Alex's wife Joanna and grew up in Big Water. No oh. clue who her father was. Great. Yep. No. No need. No. Now, the incident at Big Water, coupled with the death of Solange Boyard, was a turning point for Giselle, and she started traveling back to her parents' place in Quebec more and more often. This, of course, filled Rock with rage, and he let his feelings be known in one of his journal entries from this time. Nothing or nothing or no one will ever be able to make me suffer again and cause me pain in my body. Not my women, not my children, not my friends, not Mr. Everybody, or the pretty and grandiose Lucifer with the large vagina who gave birth to millions and millions of demons. I curse her with all the strength of my heart, she and her bitch, early prosperity. Yeah, I hate Mr. Everybody, too. And I hate <laughs> Grandiose <laughs> Lucifer with the large vagina. Large vagina. <laughs> but I'm yeah. birthing everybody there. It's hey. just interesting. We don't hear um, about a female Satan very often. I guess no. that that's his view. It's usually a succubus. Because, uh, oh, yeah. yeah so because they think saying, he doesn't like women. Am I supposed to say, you go, girl? <laughs> I, yes. Yes, you actually are. Okay, yeah. let, me, let me prepare. Yeah. Okay. You go, girl. All right, <laughs> Satan just birthed another one. But even though Giselle seemed to be the focus of Rock's emotional hatred, the woman who bore the brunt of the physical torture after the return from Big River was Gabrielle. Now remember, Gabrielle was a nurse prior to her time with the cult, and Rock always saw her medical knowledge as a threat to his own DIY style. And also, you know, as Henry said earlier, most of the cult members were silent most of the time. Yes. Gabrielle was the one who talked back. Yes. Don't HGTV DIY this. <laughs> do not do it. What are you talking about? DIY <laughs> style. Yeah, that is the most... Do it yourself. He's done, he did it. Did it yes. He taught himself. That's like when you he didn't have to go to the light bulb out with a <laughs> potato that You're I was talking, talking about. Life hacks. <laughs> I'm doing life hacks. DIY no, is, yeah. is, I don't yeah. know if that's really yeah. how we describe rock terrier no, surgery. He didn't no, have they, to go to a fucking seminary to be a priest. He didn't have to go to medical school to be a doctor. He's fucking yeah. DIY, bro. Fuck yeah. <sighs> Libertarian <don't>. freedom. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> freedom. Yeah, now people don't need fucking rules or certifications. DIY. Not well, honestly, and this whole scenario does remind me of the show Good Bones from HGTV. Oh, no kidding. Mm, I yep. like that show. I've also really gotten it. Good Home. Or old time. Fun fun home? They're all I'm for you. You just name three different shows that are all on HTV TV. Old Town. Hometown. I think it's called Hometown, but I have been liking that show actually. Well, in Rock's view, Gabrielle was a mouthy, arrogant she devil who liked to be the center of attention and acted as if she was better than everyone else. Therefore, as it is written in Savage Messiah, Gabrielle was a threat to Rock's dominance. However, Rock's terrible treatment of Gabrielle began long before Solange's death. Besides the tortures mentioned earlier, she was also the follower who usually got the feces-in-the-face punishment, and that had been going on for years. And at some point, I bet you kind of get used to it. 
I don't think you ever get used to getting flung with shit. I don't yeah. think so. I think we but... could talk to a janitor right now, and at no point would they. They. I, I bet you it's like when you get institutionalized, and you're like, as soon as it gets comfortable, you have to be very careful. If you're a janitor, and as soon as you smell shit and you don't mind it, you gotta quit. No, that makes you the <laughs> ultimate janitor. I don't yeah. know. I don't makes think you, you want really to get too comfortable. No, with it. I want them to be immune to vomit, immune yeah. to immune to shit, and immune to the the sexual mores of the children. This is how everyone yeah, got killed in Vietnam. This is no. when people just started killing kids. No, man. If you're like the best janitor ever, then one day you can be the janitor at the Vatican. That's you huge. Imagine the, <laughs> amount. the amount of shit. <laughs> well, perhaps the worst incident prior to 19. 19- Vatican's <laughs> janitor is a really funny show. A keeper Sutherland is actually going to be in it. But the thing is, he looks just like the Pope. We find out the Pope had sex with a bunch of kids. We got to get rid of the Pope. We got to switch switch popes. Janitor, yeah. the Vatican janitor, secretly the Pope's son. Secret oh. Pope. Oh. Oh, wow. Don't give these away. Ah. Don't give these ideas away. I don't know. Quippy is going to pick this idea up. <laughs> Or perhaps the worst incident prior to 1988 came a couple of years before. In 1986, Gabrielle had suffered from a prolapsed uterus after giving birth, and the constant manual labor had caused the organ to droop three inches down out of her vagina. It's so fucking awful. It's just like, because to be honest, that you have to, you work so hard that you get the ute scoot. I don't know. Like, what. So uh, you work so hard that shit is falling out of your pussy. Uh, your pussy I'm get, so upset. Oh, that's not. <laughs> it's that's the not worst good. of all. I don't know why this one really fucks with me. It's just something about the uterus going, kick me out of here. That like really freaks me out. Yeah. But Rock refused to let her see a doctor insisting that he could fix it himself. No, oh God, no, he can't. Honestly, guys, this is a fucking straight up warning right now. If you're a woman, I'd say cross your legs or uh, draw yeah. a bath. Yeah, you're not going to like this. First thing he tried. So men are going to love it? <laughs> What's going I'm going to say the, the women are going to dislike this as I much can, as I, we dislike the, the testicle stuff. I'm empathetic enough to understand yeah. that this would be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't need a vagina. Yeah. Well, first, the first thing Rock tried was making her lie down on the table, and then he just punched the uterus a bunch of times. The, the punching just technique. punched yeah. it, and then tried to force it back inside her body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't ever just fucking punch out it. No, yeah, you can't. Yeah, no. When that didn't work, he carved a cone-shaped piece of wood, jammed it in her vagina, and oh. attached a harness on her waist to keep the uterus from falling out again. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. She lasted yeah. about a she lasted about a day with that uh, before she slipped away from the commune and stayed at a, a neighbor's house, the Dudmans. But Good. I feel thank you, know, you Dudmans. It's the only thing that family has ever done well is they don't leave their house. But if you're like, <laughs> I love the Dudmans. <laughs> I will say if you're like our friend Nadia White, <sighs> if you actually had one of those things harnessed like one of those like like a dildo that yeah, had a belt attached to it, different. that would be <laughs> she'd love that and that'd be great, right? Like think of a thing like I could see how you'd like it. But if if everything is going south. It's not good. If you're no. getting gut droop, I don't think it's going to work as a cork. No, no, I don't think so. But, you know, Gabrielle ended up returning. And over the next year, Rock tried various techniques to try and cure Gabrielle whenever the fancy struck him, including an attempt at fixing the problem by tying a string to the exposed portion of the uterus and yanking it like it was a loose tooth. Oh, Again, God. it's not a pork oh. roast. Just stop oh, with all God. this. Um, side like, stories, L-P-O-T-L at gmail.com. If you're a doctor, just shoot us an email. How do you actually oh. fix this? Because not, we know what not to do. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, any, I heard one way to do it is that if you light firecrackers at her, at her feet, the uterus <laughs> inferior, well, 
it'll actually go back up into the body. But again, I'm a comedian. Yeah. The Marty McFly way of doing it. Yeah, calling it you call it a chicken. Yeah. You call me a chicken? Oh God, help me. I just I'm like, I'm just so upset. It's really upsetting. It's, it's, it's extraordinarily upsetting. It wasn't until Rock visited Big Water for the first time that Gabriel was able to sneak away and check herself into the hospital where they performed a partial hysterectomy. They fixed it and then she told Rock, well, it just kind of worked itself out. Fixed Look itself. Don't have to worry about that anymore. It never does. No. Just like COVID did. Kind of worked itself out. Oh, yeah, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the Dudmans had decided to talk to Rock about how he treated his wives uh, after Gabriel later escaped and returned once again in 1988. But that only made things worse. This is not like 1200. This is not like the year 1200. No, it's this is like 1980. No, yeah. This Huey is, no, Lewis this is, is a 1988. Huey Lewis at this point has had several hits out. Yes, he has a series of news. Yeah, EMF is about to make us know what unbelievable really means. You're unbelievable. <laughs> what does it really mean, though? <laughs> yeah. The proclaimers were about to make us walk 500 miles and wow. then walk 500 more. Oh, we should actually do a whole series on the music behind the cults. Because <laughs> all of this is way more disturbing. Yeah. Thinking about it with Huey Lewis and the news playing over it. 1988. Yeah. 1988, yeah. And that's so the thing. The just came out like 89. Oh, wow. This yeah. is, wow. Well, the Dudmans, like, you know, they walked over and, and told him, like, you, should, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, yeah. And that's it. You know, sometimes really... Canadian kindness can be bad, can't it? What's well, passive aggressiveness? It's, passive. Yeah, it's not kindness. It's passive aggressiveness. You just punch him in the sh- like. I do like that about the American culture where we would destroy this guy much well, faster. I mean, that's that's what Alex I, Joseph yeah, did. So. Alex Joseph grabbed him by the dick, threw him across the room, and had guys point guns at his head, and then threw him out of his fucking house. But hey, guys, we had our we, America's had a chair of cult I leaders. Know. Yeah, we got yeah. we got our yeah. big dick cult leaders, and we no, had our a, tiny white cult ground. leaders. There's, yeah, a middle there's, a middle there's a middle ground between America's fucking over punishment and Canada's permissiveness. Middle ground. Middle ground. <laughs> That's where the freedom is. It is. Well, after the Dudmans left, Rock heard Gabriel complaining of a toothache. Oh, so, no. So, I just would never say anything. Any, anything I'm doing that hurts. Great, I wake Feel up, great. I'm doing great today. That's what I say every day. So he took a pair of pliers <sighs> and roughly pulled eight teeth out of her mouth leaving her gums bloody and shredded he did not do it with care and he made a particular point to leave the tooth that was actually hurting in her head get the i was literally going to make that joke but he left the tooth that was hurting but he did that he did do that and as she stumbled away blood pouring from her mouth rock pulled out his hunting knife and chased her around the room threatening to stab her in the stomach she reacted by grabbing the knife by the blade and sliced two tendons in her right Ah. hand oh god ow 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 for some reason whenever we do like autopsy footage and defensive wounds so scary heal them so scary yeah She escaped the house and made it to a women's shelter and therefore a hospital. But after Rock called and promised her that he quit drinking, she returned. At some point, doesn't this women's shelter... And I'm obviously thank God they're there, but at some point, don't they just be like, no, no, they were desperate. They were like, desperate. You're not allowed to leave anymore. They were saying, please stay, please stay. But the whole point is that we're trying to have a place where essentially the cops don't have to get involved. Right. No, I get yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, I, get safe the, harbor. I get the premise, but my God. Well, it wasn't long until Rock broke his promise and started <gasps> talking about the shoddy job the doctors had done and wiring up her sliced tendons. So he took hold of Gabriel's cast 
grabbed a pair of pliers, broke the cast open, peeled back the skin, and ripped out the wires that were holding her hands together. Oh my God. She again fled and again returned, completely unable to escape the gravitational hold Rock had on her very soul. That's where his that's where his hold was. Yes. It wasn't just in their emotions. He had hold of their fucking souls. They really did, especially at this point, view him directly as God. They actually started to openly. Oh, so they say, got rid of the whole like he's the messenger well, part. It, he would say that, but they all started like it's almost an inner belief system amongst themselves, saying like we don't think the master's real. We think that he's the master. Right. Now, about six months after Solange's death, and with his increased and pointed cruelty towards Gabrielle, Rock's hold on the anthill kids slowly started to loosen. Members were running away more often and for longer periods of time, and it only took one more cruelty to make the whole thing come crashing down. On the night of July 26th, Rock got drunk and started boasting about his surgical skills, which was a sure sign that someone was about to get fucked up, possibly fatally. Giselle snuck out to hide in the forest, and Claude, Francine, and Maurice soon followed. Rock had noticed that the house was missing a few members, so he motioned Gabrielle over from across the room, telling her that he needed to check on the pinky finger that had never recovered movement after he'd ripped out the wires. He asked her to place her hand on the table, and without another word, drove a hunting knife through the back of her hand, impaling it to the surface. Then, with a smile, he said, quote, You're not going to run tonight, huh? Giselle stood there bleeding for 45 minutes until her arm turned blue, and that's when Rock commented that the arm wasn't looking so good. He declared that he'd have to operate, and grabbed a small curved carpet knife out of a toolbox. He jabbed the pointed tip into her arm, halfway between the shoulder and the elbow, and began methodically carving out small chunks of flesh and flicking them on the floor, working through the tendons and muscle. But Rock had been drinking heavily this entire time and decided he was too drunk to finish. Instead, Rock made Chantal finish the carving, and she did so until a narrow band of flesh had been whittled away, exposing the bone on all sides. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like, it's <sighs> so scary. Yeah. Once that part was done, Rock grabbed the handle of the knife still stuck through Gabriel's hand and wiggled it loose from the wood, making sure that the knife remained in the wound. Now, Gabriel hadn't lost consciousness once during the entire ordeal. And when Rock led her outside to a tree stump, she followed. He then placed her arm on top of the stump and ordered Jacques to hold her down. Rock then grabbed a dull meat cleaver, raised it, swung it down, and missed. The second swing, however, hit the intended target. Using the cleaver, Rock Terrio snapped the exposed bone on Gabriel's arm, and the appendage fell to the ground. Oh my god. And through all the misery and torture, she hadn't screamed once. So fucking insane. Yeah. The next morning, Claude burned Gabriel's severed limb while Rock dunked the stump in a saline solution, and Chantel stitched up the wound with twine. Gabriel had survived, but two weeks later came a further humiliation. On that day, Rock took Gabriel along with a few of the wives to a doctor in a town called Newmarket because a couple more babies had been born. Mm-hmm. 
After the appointment, to make sure the babies were healthy, Rock took all the wives out for Chinese food. I just and don't after- know if I'd be in the mood for Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you always kind of in the mood? I, I mean, once you get in there, yeah, yeah but... Yeah. And after a few beers, Rock started bragging to the waitress that he'd recently amputated an arm. In fact, the woman he'd amputated was here in this room. Wow. And when she didn't believe him, Rock made Gabrielle pull up her sleeve and show her stump while Rock pointed and laughed. Now, if you follow the internal logic of the cult, Rock had amputated Gabriel's arm as a command from God, and this punishment was necessary for Gabriel to get into heaven. In fact, you know, when a couple of the cult members had returned uh, for after they ran away that night, when they were turning, Gabriel's arm was missing. They were like, look, don't worry about it. She said, look, don't worry about it. Uh, Rock, daddy took care of it. Pappy took care of it. It's fine. But yeah, like this, she was totally, because she thought it was like, I need uh, this. I'm supposed need to this. have this. Yeah, right. I'm supposed to have this. I'm getting the punishment that no one else is getting. Therefore, I am more holy than everyone else. Yes, because but, then they brag about being punished more than everybody else. But bragging about the amputation and joking about it with the waitress, that served no godly purpose. That was just cruelty for cruelty's sake. And that night, Gabrielle ran away and slept behind a dumpster. She made her way to a shelter, but was soon found by the ever loyal Jacques who took her back to the commune. Two days later, Rock announced that the remaining six inches of Gabriel's arm was rotted with gangrene. So another operation was necessary. Oh my God, gangrene. She has the New York Jets on her arm. Wow, that's fun. I'm trying to do anything. She's she's missing her arm. I'm thankful for you. The whole thing is bad. The whole thing is bad. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He pinned Gabrielle between his legs and cut three chunks from her stump with scissors. Oh, God. It's, then, just it's, why, not, it's the equipment. The it's whole. childlike, too. Again, oh, it's yeah. what we talked about. It's yeah. weird. It's like a child playing with toys right. mercilessly. Yeah. Then he cut a two-inch chunk of flesh from her right breast, explaining that he'd done this to, quote, redirect the infection somewhere else. Ah, it makes all the sure. sense in the freaking world, doesn't it? Then, for reasons he didn't explain, he whacked her on the head with the blunt side of an axe, leaving a large gash. Gabrielle fled to the forest and spent two nights sleeping on the ground, and awoke the second day to find that a swarm of insects had laid eggs in the oh, open gosh. wound on her Shut scalp. No. It just doesn't get worse. done without that, It literally sir. is the worst shit what? I've ever heard. You become the Oogie Boogie Man. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. not good. It's not no. good. No, you no. always want the insects not to be inside of your yeah. brain. And I, you know what? I'm going to go as far as to say it's only barely fascinating. <laughs> wow, doctor. Yeah. Wow. wow, doctor. Guess what? It's not over yet. Ugh. Well, Jacques again found her and brought her back. And Rock ordered Jacques to cut a three-inch section of a drive shaft from one of the junked-out vehicles parked in their front yard. As Jacques did what he was told, Gabrielle was stripped naked and her left arm was tied to her ankles. And as the rest of the cult held her down, Rock heated up the chunk of drive shaft <laughs> with his acetylene torch until the metal glowed red. He then jammed the burning metal into her stump again and again. Uh, but since yeah. he was so drunk... This is how he they kept, made freaking Candyman. Yeah. yeah. But since he was so drunk, he kept dropping the heated metal onto her body. And by the time he was done, her torso was covered in black burns every time asshole. he dropped it. Do you... Does... Okay, so how much of this does he actually remember? Because it seems like he was blackout drunk. Well, like, we'll talk about that. There are there are quotes to talk about it because he definitely. Um, I don't. 
he blamed it all on the alcohol. We'll get into uh-huh. it. Yeah. Finally, though, after everything, the feces, the tooth pulling, the stabs, the amputation, and all of the other torture, the burning had been too much for Gabrielle. Also, the insects. That had been a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Three days later, she escaped the commune for the final time. Thank God. She showed up in a nearby emergency room with an unbelievable story involving a rolled car, a heroic boyfriend, and a roadside amputation. But of course, absolutely no one believed her. No. It was, however, somewhat common knowledge that Rock Terrio was an abusive monster. And she said, yeah, I've been up at Rock Terrio's farm. So the cops jumped on their first instance of real evidence. They've been wanting to arrest this asshole for a long time. They filed a charge for aggravated assault and headed up to the commune with a warrant. But when they got there, they found the commune was empty. Rock, Jacques, Chantel, Nicole, and the two newborns had driven to Quebec on an Ant Hill Kids bakery run and had left everyone else behind. But what Rock didn't know, though, was that the event that was too much for Gabrielle was also too much for everyone else. Yeah. The remaining cult members, including Giselle, scattered and never returned to Rockside save one. Now, upon his return from Quebec, Rock knew he was a wanted man. So he, Jacques, Chantel, and Nicole hid in a makeshift lean-to not a quarter mile from the actual commune. It was so well camouflaged, they said you couldn't see what it was if you were 10 yards away. But the cops were on the hunt. First, they took down Jacques, who sacrificed himself so Rock could get away when the two of them were discovered scavenging an old water heater for parts. The next day, though... The cops tracked on Rock using good old hound dogs. Yeah. Oh, hound dogs. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. But it is, <laughs> it's a fun it's Elvis a, song. It's, a fun it's an Elvis song. Yeah. It's, a, it is, big mama, yeah. it's a Big Mama Thornton song, really. Oh, Big oh, Mama Thornton. Thank you yeah, for clarifying yeah. that. Of course. <laughs> oh, hound dogs. That is cute. Yeah. What a cute break. It is indeed nice to have dogs anyway. Honestly, it'd be nice. This would be, a, if this was a visual medium, we'd just show a Pomeranium for like three oh, minutes. Oh, they would not yeah. be able to find anything. Or a bloodhound. Good old-fashioned mm. bloodhounds, a cute, cute dog. Yeah. But when the do- when the hounds found him, Rock stood in the middle of the woods with multiple revolvers trained on his body. But he couldn't help but make one last dick joke. When the cops told him to remove his belt and knife, Rock smiled and said, quote, Okay, but if my pants fall down when I take the belt off, You'll see that my eyes aren't the best part of me. Yeah, there's no good part of you. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, look at that dick. (laughs) (laughs) Now, none of the followers mentioned the death of Solange Boyard at first, but all of them did plead guilty to participating in the mutilation of Gabriel's arm. Before long, though, Giselle Tremblay talked and gave the full details of Solange's murder over a bottle of wine with one of the investigators. She what dished. Is, they yeah. get them drunk over there? <laughs> yeah, then we just beat them a bunch, and then we force them to confess even if they didn't do it. Well, it took them a long time for to to get the you know for the investigators to get the women to trust them. Yes. Uh, they didn't want to talk to like they were still worried that you know even though they'd run away and you know j- you know Brock was in jail, uh, they were still worried that he um, 
was going to somehow uh, rain his vengeance down upon him. And they all and, and he'd also skated so many times before and talked so his way many. out of shit so many times before. He might get to, he might talk his way out of this one too. He I almost did it before. He did it with the kids and yeah. honestly he was almost paroled a couple of times. We'll get into it. Mm. It is nice that there was like a Sergeant Smooth who was like, I know what to do. Pinot Noir. <laughs> yeah. Get the gal some Pinot. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. That's what the girls like, a red wine. <laughs> Indeed. Well, for the amputation of Gabrielle's arm, Jacques got five years, Chantel got two, and Nicole was given 18 months. As far as Rock went, he was well on his way to talking his way out of the murder of Solange Boyard. Oh, my God. He'd already convinced the law to take it down to second-degree murder, and a judge had made a ruling that if Rock pled guilty to that second-degree murder, he would be eligible for parole in five years time. I mean, he said it even in this final <sighs> little letter to the court. He said this like, in spite of the bestial brutes that I was, I did not kill Solange. I practiced on her an operation which prompted her premature death. Oh. I am the only one responsible and then it makes me guilty in the face of justice. Therefore, I will say yes, give me 25 years. Yeah, wow. which would make him eligible for parole in five years. And, you know, he'd already he'd already done one prison sentence and had come out of it just as strong as ever. It didn't I matter. I think you'd be, yes, you'll be fine. But that is when hero social worker Georgia Brown returned with a fucking vengeance. Yeah. Downtown Georgia Brown. All right. <laughs> she cataloged a 277-page brief outlining 84 extraordinarily violent crimes committed by Rock over a period of 11 hellacious years. And those were just the crimes that his followers remembered. Yeah. Based uh. on Georgia Brown's brief, Rock Terrio was sentenced to life in prison with no parole, proving that one person can certainly make a difference. Yay! Is Georgia Brown still alive today? No, uh, unfortunately. From what I've heard, she actually she took her life uh, several years ago. Oh, right? she did? Uh, yes, she did. And she actually felt... Oh, this was one of those stories, I guess, that apparently hurt her specifically because of what she saw. The amount of brutality oh that God, she saw. Oh my God, I can't even she, imagine. She never really recovered from it, apparently. And it's yeah. just more again... Which which also weird, because we got... We got uh, social workers were reaching out to us saying about how social workers, even though we joked about how they get too much credit, the truth is that they, I didn't they joke don't... joke about well, that. We sarcastically <laughs> said that, that they don't yeah. get... Uh, they get too much credit. They don't get enough but credit. They absolutely no, don't. And Georgia Brown was the, the really... The the saving grace here because he's I don't know what the fuck is going on up there. I don't know why they were so lenient on him. They were leaning on him again and again and again. Partially it seemed to have to do a little bit with this weird racial insensitivity about rate of French don't be relations yeah. like this type of thing where they didn't want to say oh just because he is a rustic well you know we've seen that here in this country too I mean Samuel Little I think there's a reason it took so long to get him because the less dead we talk about that all the time. Oh mm-hmm. yeah um, well, unbelievable. Oh, so that's, that's the well, end. Well, no, that's not the oh, end. we're no. not done yet. Okay, great. Okay. Well, I hope it. Okay. Well, as far as the former cult members went, most of them went underground, but some spoke publicly. Gabrielle has been the most vocal, writing a book about her experiences that has unfortunately never been translated to English. Oh. Most of the rest have just tried to forget about it, and some tried regaining custody of the kids they'd lost. But three followers of Rock Terrio never left his side. Francine Laflamme, Nicole Ruel, and Chantal Labrie, three of the five original disciples who began following Rock in the late 70s, 
remained loyal followers until the end. When Rock was transferred to Millhaven Penitentiary in 1992, the three followers opened a bakery nearby called La Petite Bakery. No. Mm-hmm. And, and good reviews. Up until uh, a local newspaper figured out who they were and business kind of dried up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no because you, you know knew how many people I... can... The bakery kitchen was used for amateur surgery too much for me to like a scone from there. And <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, a lot of people can bake bread. And even if it is <laughs> Look at the quarantine. Everybody's doing it. Francine even became Rock's press agent for a time and had business cards printed up identifying her as Rock's exclusive representation. As far as Rock's crimes went, Rock's remaining followers had justification for all of his bad behavior. They said that because of his stomach ailment, he'd fall into a semi-coma after a big meal and then would turn to alcohol to escape the suffering. But because of the dumping syndrome... (laughs) Dumping syndrome? (laughs) The alcohol would go directly into his bloodstream and cause a chemical reaction, which would unleash the violence. So it wasn't his fault at all. Uh, I I don't know. (laughs) No, I think it is. Absolutely no. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just stop having big meals. Have a bunch of small meals throughout the day. That's healthier. That's what uh, they say that a lot. Nutritionists say that I quite don't a bit. Know. Have nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's better yeah. to have little bits of nuts and a, sure. a little yes. salad. Everyone should take their <laughs> nutritional advice from us. A vampire, a Sasquatch, and it's someone that we just discovered in a sewer. And then you're, you're only supposed to eat a fistful amount of, po- of pasta. <laughs> yeah, so is imagine. That right? Thank ha- you. So how I think about it is when I'm about to eat pasta, I imagine, can I cram a fistload of <laughs> Of this pasta inside of me, and like, and just that's how I know. Great. I've had a fistful, enough. but my fist is so much larger than yours. Mine's is it even proportional? bigger than that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're not doing. Yeah. No, no, we are. It worse, be. We are worse nutritionists than Rock is a doctor. I would rather. So have, I don't think that we need to talk. Because I nutrition. definitely rather have a Kissel fistful. Mm. Yeah, of course. I'll give you, I'll give you I a usually fistful. have a Kissel fistful. Oh, yeah. I'll give both of you a fistful. Oh. All right. Well, even after Rock was in prison. Each of these three followers, they only answer to the biblical names Rock gave them in 1978. Ruth, Deborah, and of course, Hogla. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like three ugly sisters from a sitcom. I don't know, <laughs> man. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, Hogla stayed? Hogla stayed. And, and uh, specifically requested that everyone call her Hogla. Sure. It might have been Hogley. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. As far as what happened at Rock Terrio, he was transferred to Dorchester Penitentiary in the year 2000. And 11 years later, a cellmate named Matthew McDonald stuck a shiv in his neck, yep. unceremoniously ending the life of the cruelest cult leader in modern history. How freaking annoying would it be to be a celly with Rock? Oh, oh, oh my! Of course, day. he got stabbed oh, by day. a celly. Well, then of course, he ceremoniously before he was murdered, he ceremoniously shaved his beard because um, he said he was ashamed of that garb of all these years. He sold stuff on auction through a mm-hmm. black market. I sent uh, Marcus you a did. one that was a he carved a statue of himself drinking that sold on MurderAuction.com for. Twelve thousand dollars. It right. didn't sell on. It's, it's, uh, it is currently is currently up with zero bids for twelve thousand five hundred. Honestly, don't because who um, gets that money? Uh, uh, whoever owns it now. Yeah, whoever's selling go- on murder. Yeah, the murder auction. I'm obviously I have a conflicted feeling about that because we do a murder podcast. Yes, but it seems like unless that money goes to something to help 
victims, I, I, I think it's a little nasty. A lot of the times it has to now or in order for you to legally money. sell it. At least 50 or something. Um, and then the quote from the man who murdered him, um, which I loved, which was, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. He just won up and just threw the knife at the guardian station, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Unceremoniously fucking dead. Glad he's gone. He almost got paroled two times. There's also the end of Savage Messiah shows the write-up that the clinical psychologist in 1999, they did an interview with him where he says, you know what? I don't think anything's wrong with Rock. Rock (laughs) has shown he's, you know, he's funny. Straight up, he's funny. Yeah, he's funny. Funny really helps. Like I think he would really, like, I do not, I think he wrote, I do not see how this man would be a detriment to society in any way whatsoever. We should free this man. Yeah, he's charming, hardworking. There's just a lot of people in prison who need to be freed. And can yeah. we maybe we focus on them? Not well, this yeah. monster. At least now he's fucking dead. All right. Well, Rock Terrio, that is the terrible story of that man and the anthill kids. I'm happy that some of the people got out anyway, but holy fuck. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, great job. Great research. And, again, and I promise next week we're doing something light. Yeah. Happy, happy <laughs> 2021, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we got another yeah. year. We we did it. We got another year under our belt. And uh, we will be, t- you know, there were some good things. Try to think about a few good things. Because I've learned a lot. Yeah, uh, we've I, all I learned know. a lot. Yeah. When this shit Hell opens. When the business opens and all that kind of bullshit opens back up again, it's going to come down like a goddamn tidal wave. So this is a nice, for those of us that can, you know, spend time with their families and friends and do what you can, you know? Mm -hmm. By by July 4th, hopefully, we can have a real nice celebration time. Get this shit out. Don't put a date on it. Well, that's what they were, that's what they were saying. Who knows? But anyway, Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We hope you're doing all right out there. We hope you had a great holiday. Check our holiday, check out all our other shows uh, on the Mm -hmm. LPN Network. We got page seven. We got Wizard. Oh Bruiser, no doubt some space. So we got many. side work. We've got yeah. um, pop history. Yeah. Wizard and the Bruiser. Did I say that? Wizard and the Bruiser, mm-hmm. Top Hat. Um, you know all the shows. All kind of fun. If you want to listen merch. about sports and wrestling. Get up on that merch. And mm-hmm. I want to thank, I was looking, I, I rarely do this, but I did look through some of the categories and some of the rankings. We're doing really well. We're fine. And I want to yeah. thank everybody because like we all our, our shows are peppered over all these other shows. They got a lot of money and stuff and like we're like we're, we're just working doing hard. Ourselves. It's really just so, thank uh, you. Uh, we want to and, and also thank you to all the people here at LPN that's worked hard this fucking year. Travis yeah. looking at you. Looking yeah. at Fernando. Looking at Mary. Looking Absolute. at Maddie. Michelle looking at Maddie. Michelle. Looking thank at you. our crew. We have thank a really we have a strong oh, ass crew. Mm-hmm. Joel's fucking Rob. made side stories even better. Rob. Rob's been crushing it. Just want to say thank you to all those guys and like we're doing uh, our Tom best. Neal fantastic relationship <laughs> Holy, with honestly him. we're trying to keep our shit legit yeah we we're got staying legit 2021 we're doing the show for another fucking 10 years i don't give a fuck yeah, well, yeah. let's let's not go i want to do it for another 10 years well, let's just... <laughs> these shows are just gonna get longer and darker actually this is the longest episode i think this is the longest episode we've ever recorded jesus yeah, christ we better I think wrap so. it up then we better good. end her then yeah um all right it's always the cult think. ones yeah, there's something about the cult. There's so many working pieces. Yeah. And so much so trauma to get through. So yeah. much trauma. Um, so, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Oh, hell, game. Magustalations, everybody. Really, magustalations. Hail me. And if no, don't trust, don't trust anyone who, who um, says that they're a doctor, but uh, that's not. You need a stethoscope. Well, and more than that, and a doctor's office. Yeah. I stethoscope, yeah. but he's going to get me. I'll get a stethoscope. <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 
Saving money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Bravo. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries, for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Can I be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers? ba da ba ba